Hello, Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. Rather large day in the real world. Yeah, you could say that. A lot going on over there in the real world. Uh, if you choose to listen to this show today, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you rocking with us. This show did stink, but the conversations were great. Yeah, the interviews are great. I think you'll enjoy them. We appreciate you so much. Uh, if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened and say, hey, you know what? We'll come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Get them tomorrow, baby. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Please. All right, let's get to it. There's a new president in town over in D.C. That was happening. I don't know if it's still happening. It was happening moments ago as we came on the air. Uh, And in our world, some big news happened this morning as well. Ladies and gentlemen, after a 17-year NFL career out of NC State, a man who captivated the hearts of of football fans in San Diego and then drove from Los Angeles to San Diego for a year as the San Diego Chargers became the Los Angeles Chargers and captivated the hearts of the people in Los Angeles. Not a lot of people because they were Rams fans mostly at the time, Mm -hmm. but you get it. Then he comes to Indianapolis and at the beginning of his relationship in Indianapolis, the fans a little bit intrigued by how it was going to go. Because the battles between he and Peyton Manning back in the day were always awesome. And this particular player loved to talk shit at a rate that nobody else did. Which sometimes got casted as a negative thing. But I think if you ask any person that's been in the NFL, they'd say they love everything about it. He's created some of the greatest moments in NFL films, mic'd up sessions. Uh, And he retired this morning. Phil Rivers, hell of a run, pal. Hey, Phil, hell of a run. Thank you, Phil. He made it official this morning with an entire statement. It was reported by a couple people. I believe Spot Track, Track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, had it first. I'm not 100% sure. I do like to give credit normally to who got it first because we understand that the news-breaking pond is filled with a bunch of sharks in there. Got to get it right. But he released a statement, an official statement. Every year, January 20th is a special and emotional day. It is St. Sebastian's Feast Day. Of course. Wow. Did you know that? I did not. Well, Sebastian became a saint. And I'll tell you what, on January 20th, he fucking emptied every plate in front yes. of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great day. Great day. January 20th, St. Sebastian's Feast Day. The day I played, Philip Rivers says, in the AFC Championship without an ACL, by the way. No ACL. And now the day that after 17 seasons, I'm announcing my retirement from the National Football League. Thank you, God, for allowing me to live out my childhood dream of playing quarterback in the NFL. I am grateful to the Chargers for 16 seasons and the Colts for the 17th season. Thank you to all my coaches that helped me grow as a player and person. Thanks to the support staff, by the way. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Put it in there. One sentence. You know who you are. Yeah, equipment managers, athletic trainers, everybody, you know exactly who you are. I appreciate you. I appreciate the opposing defenses making it challenging physically and mentally every week. Dot, dot, dot. I also enjoyed the banter. (laughs) Those, hey, by the way, Phil, we all enjoyed that banter as well. Some people were pretty loud about not enjoying it. I want to let you know those people are not people that are friends of ours. And I think there was a lot more people like us than those people. We enjoyed whenever you talk shit to everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there were some times there where people were not happy about him shit talking people. No, no. Where he would go literally at fans and say, never swearing somehow, but at fans, he'd say things. In Indianapolis, there's an entire give and take of him and three fans uh, during one, I think it was the AFC Championship game in which they 
they beat the Indianapolis Colts the year before I got drafted because Cyphers had a massive game for them. Cyphers is a legend. But there's there's just been a nonstop competitive edge to Phil Rivers that whenever he talks shit, some people bashed it. We always enjoyed it. Now, let's get back to his statement. I appreciate the referees for putting up with all my fussing. <laughs> I think I was right most of the time, dadgummit. Good line. Hey. That's a great yeah, line. Hey, he knew that was wow. going to get a good pop. Yep. And it did, by the way. Mm-hmm. Dadgummit. Thanks to the fans in San Diego around the nation that both cheered and booed. By the way, I appreciate it both. Kind of heel babyface thing. Special thanks to my teammates. Without a doubt, my favorite part of the game, being a teammate. Thank you for being mine. Lastly, thank you to my wife and best friend, Tiffany, and our children. Here we go. Hallie. What? Caroline. What? Grace. What? Gunner. What? Sarah. What? Peter. What? Rebecca. What? Claire. What? Hannah. What? Could not have done it without y'all's unwavering support. As my playing career comes to an end, the next chapter begins. Cool up high. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Wow. I believe Philip Rivers, guaranteed Hall of Famer. There's some people, I guess, that oppose that opinion. It is actually Zito's poll today, which we will keep up with throughout the show. If you're a starting... Now, listen, I'm going to say it. When I heard that we picked Philip Rivers over Tom Brady to come to Indianapolis, I wasn't exactly thrilled about it. I mean, that wasn't something that I was, like, openly pumped about. But if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL for 17 years, the hardest position in sports, everybody says it, except for people that play in other positions that assume their positions may be a little bit harder than a quarterback position, but I'm not exactly sure which one. Maybe being Sidney Crosby, the greatest hockey player to ever exist, is maybe a tougher position because the amount of pressure that's been put on him since he was in high school or whatever. But the quarterback position is the NFL. The NFL is the largest league in the world, the best league in the world. And if you're the face of a franchise for 17 years at the hardest position in sports, the position that makes the game the biggest game in the world, in the best game in the world, I think that automatically deserves a little recognition in the Hall of Fame. I mean, my house in college had a Hall of Fame. If a guy hit, you know, six straight cups going up in there. Mm-hmm. All right? Hall of Fame is like, hey, this is a collection of legendary things that have happened within our league. We have standards. We have a lot of different things. 17 years for the number 17 as at the position that it is, He's definitely a Hall of Famer. You're not just a quarterback in the NFL for 17 years and you're not at the top of the game or somebody that should be remembered whenever there's 100 years from now and Canton's still standing and you're walking through. I think he should be in there with a bust that even says something hilarious at the bottom of it so people know about Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers obviously never won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino also, same story. Is it Philip Rivers' fault that the teams he was on didn't win a Super Bowl? Some people say yes because it is such a quarterback league. But then as we kind of get older now, right, we're kind of getting older into the game, realizing more and more, like, yo, you need a fucking team around <laughs> Yeah. Like, you're going to need a team. Everybody needs people to help them. That's why football is the greatest team sport there's ever been. Now, granted, normally quarterbacks will attract great players or make players even better than they are, and they did, and he did have success, great success, just without winning the Super Bowl. I don't believe that is a reason to deem him not a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think Phil Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I enjoyed watching him this year with the Colts, mostly because Phil Rivers, Favre had this. Mm-hmm. Phil Rivers, old school, okay, old school guy. He would throw an interception, and then by the time he got to the sideline, he didn't even remember that it happened. Nope. He sits down. Actually, I don't even think he sat down ever. He stood and cheered for the defense the entire time as opposed to sitting on the bench. Awesome teammate. I assume everybody that played with him loved him. Uh, Darius Leonard called him Uncle Phil, told him congratulations, that whole thing. But he just, I just, 
He's got to go into the fucking Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has to. He honestly has to. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a Phil Rivers guy, I think, at this point after watching him this year. Because the throw the pick, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Go right back out. Throw another one. Yep. I mean, he will not. He, there is not even a, there is not even a thought. <laughs> after his throw, the weird release, obviously. And he came on the show and he said it was because whenever he, he basically grew up around football. His dad was a high school football coach. And when he was a kid, he wanted to throw the ball. Which I think we all do that, by the way. Whenever we're trying to throw a football, it's too big. But he was just so damn good at it that he just stuck with it. And they, they tried to change it or whatever. He'll go right back out there and throw that thing right into a defensive meeting. And it is not even... <laughs> even a question and but it, there's a lot of quarterbacks that potentially do that have a lot of turnovers uh or potentially turn the ball over and they get cut quickly the reason why philip rivers didn't and he played for 17 years is because the immediate play after that he'll put a ball into a keyhole into a throw that you would never expect him to make and he had that ability to bounce back he was tough he was a great i just i think phil rivers is a hall of famer and, and uh, is he a first ballot hall of famer I mean, who the fuck knows about that? Okay, probably not, I'd assume, because I don't know how that whole thing works, to be honest. I haven't looked into it, strictly because there's there's a much better chance of me ending up in other Hall of Fames than the NFL Hall of Fame. So I haven't really looked at the whole process, but I believe the no Super Bowl thing will probably hold him out of the first ballot Hall of Fame thing. But if you're Phillip Rivers, you should feel really good about what you accomplished. Now, will he go coach high school football like his dad? Or will he take the $10 million a year that's probably going to be offered to him to be in the booth somewhere because they're already calling him the next Tony Romo? Now, (laughs) will he be? Probably. I assume he'll probably be very good at it. He's come on our show. Great personality. Mm-hmm. FCC is going to love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, He's completely okay. And he has an ability to be funny and relatable without swearing, which is not an easy thing to do. So maybe Phil Rivers will do that. Or maybe he'll say, put the ball cap and the whistle on that he's always mm-hmm. wanted to do and go coach. Anyways, job well done. Congrats to Phil. We appreciate everything you've done for the game. Congrats, Thank Phil. You, Phil. There's people saying, no way, Hall of Fame. A lot of people. 17 fucking years as a starting quarterback in the NFL at Ty Schmidt. You said a lot of people are saying that? Yeah, I feel like the the most of what I'm seeing is people, because he hasn't won a Super Bowl, and I think they remember like this late stage in his career where he did throw more interceptions and stuff like that. But also, the, the guys who are voting for the Hall of Fame, all these writers, don't they love Phil? Mm-hmm. Like, they love his personality and everything that he gave to the know, game. I don't know, because didn't maybe, a lot of people talk bad about Phil being the way he is? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I feel like a lot of those guys who actually do have votes, like, they love all the off the field and, like, the competitive edge and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like, I mean, it's tough because of the way he's played these last couple years when he clearly just wasn't the same guy, but it's easy to forget how good he was. Like 17 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Bro, that is so long. Mm-hmm. I played in the NFL eight years. Okay, punter was only good for about five of them. <laughs> this dude was a starting quarterback <laughs> yeah. for 17 years in the end. That is so long. I, I don't understand the even thought of he can't go in. That That is a long fucking time in there. Zeta, your poll is about that today. I'm getting uh, information in my ear saying it's basically a split poll at this point. Really? Oh. It is a very tight race. Heck nah, 48.9%. Yeah, daggummit, 51.1%. Okay. So you definitely spelled daggummit wrong. But oh, you, I took it from his speech. No, no, you did not actually. <laughs> That's how I know you spelled it wrong because I just read it about a minute and a half ago. But I do appreciate <laughs> the fact that you Googled how to spell his name. I did, yeah. yeah that, was, that was yeah. very good. Yeah. Hey, boy Z. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That would normally be a Zito special there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
Speaking of, we're in the middle of a Zito production at my house right oh. now. <laughs> the Oculus Arena is being built. But anyways, it is very close here. 5148.9. That's over 3,000 votes. I assume that'll only grow. Go uh, vote at Viva Lozito. We'd like to promote the vote around here. Promote the vote. At Tone Diggs, your thoughts, pal? Um, I was just looking it up. There's five quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame without a Super Bowl. Fouts, Jim Kelly, Marino, Warren Moon, and Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, so he's going in. Phil's getting in. Jeez, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. feedback. So I think that thing's going through my head. Like oh, it, out the mouth. I think. That's crazy. The I waves. Don't. Yeah, because when I turn it up, it happens, by the way. So I have to keep it kind of low, because if not, as soon as I turn my head, this thing fucking mm-hmm. goes off from my earpiece. Goes out, yeah. But that sounds like a list that Phil Rivers will definitely be a part of. I mean, yeah. Fouts played for the same exact team for less amount of years, not as good. In- yeah, but I think you. it's going to be tough to... Um, and you've heard some Hall of Famers come out and say, we got to make it much more difficult to get in here, which is very interesting after you get in the city. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there's, by the way, the people who have been saying that are people that can definitely be the people that say that, by the way. Like, I do believe Dion potentially said something about it. Mm. And Dion's like, Greatest, one of the greatest football players of all time. Like yeah. he, He's a guy who can be like, hey, if they're going to put on the same jacket as me, they need to up their game a little bit. So I can understand if Dion says it, and I think there's been a couple others that have been up there that are the, you know, the fucking guys in our yeah. sport. I mean, so they can say that. But I think the Hall of Fame, you know, they try to open it up a little bit. Remember Ray Guy went in a couple oh, yeah. uh, years ago. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have or should have. I mean, uh, field position does matter. There's a reason why every – noted coach that has ever coached football uh, loves punt loves punting loves the punt team loves what it stands for understands what it's about understands that the game is uh, about acquiring territory and when you punt basically you are setting yourself up for success it's a calculated turnover but it's a massive part of strategy will it remain as big of a strategy piece as it has been in the game as the offenses continue to be incredible that will tbd <laughs> i will i would that will definitely to be determined because whenever you pin somebody now it's almost like you're just setting them up for more fantasy points Mm-hmm. or more yards if you're really going to get going. But when Ray Guy got in there, there was a lot of conversation, obviously, with that whole thing. Uh, and then there's been a couple other names that have gotten in where I think some people were like, is this really deserving or what? And I think the Hall of Fame should be like a like a thank you from the NFL almost for your services to the NFL. And granted, this comes from somebody who will never be in the Hall of Fame and probably shouldn't have that conversation. But I think whenever people walk through Canton, and I was at the Hall of Fame game, it got canceled because the field got cooked. Oof. <laughs> Field got cooked. Yeah. They painted it, put a tarp over it. You might as well just put a magnifying glass. <laughs> and the paint just all over, oh, no. all over the thing. But I think whenever you walk through there, it should be like a museum of the greats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I do believe Phil Rivers is one of those greats that we should have remembered alongside the game. Now, that is not how the Hall of Fame is viewed. There's stats and votes and of this course. and that. But I feel like that is my overall view of the Hall of Fame. You know, like, now, Grant, do I think there should be separate halls? Where like Ooh. Dion and like you know what I mean like hey oh down here these are the uh, bad motherfuckers down yeah. here. okay yeah. these are the one you know best of the best yeah down here this is the like hey, maybe you expand it a little bit to kind of separate a little bit and I don't know how pissed off that would be uh, but that whole conversation about the Hall of Fame thing gets very very serious very quick and uh, I don't know why people get so fucking angry about it all seriously <laughs> you know, yeah. Phil Rivers dedicated seventeen years yeah, yeah maybe we could stick life. Phil down the hall to the left in the closet in the hall of oh, very good oh come on dude oh, oh, that's very good. come on good speaking Lord. of very good speaking of very good that shirt you're wearing back there Nick very good awesome I have some, <sighs> I have mixed feelings on this shirt oh. it looks good from here it looks good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. good the greatest city 
with the greatest hockey team in the nation. Oh. Yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins. But the shirt right now, is, it's orange. Yeah, it looks like an off-brand shirt to me. Oh, holy shit. the people who designed it. Hey, that was very, that was a very next level, you know, because hockey town, hockey town, that whole thing. That was very, hey, Foxy, that was a pretty good <laughs> little. Clever. Thank you. Yeah. That doesn't happen often. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's why I think that was the entire, <laughs> that was the entire. That was the entire. Representing Detroit, <laughs> old school hockey town. Anyways, yeah, shirt is orange and black, which would be the Flyers, and they are not hockey tan. They're the tan that hasn't seen the Stanley Cup in like seventy-five years. Stay out of conversations with the uh, with the men, please, with the adults. Yeah, with real hot uh, Stay down here, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get back to the Hall of Very Good. Is that what everybody's saying? Is that I, the people that are I against Philip Rivers? Know, yeah, I mean, look, the guy's never won an MVP. He doesn't have a championship. What are we talking about? Here? How old is he? Thirty-nine. How old is Tom Brady? Forty-three. How old is uh, Peyton Manning? 44, 45. Yeah, right around. I mean, so he ran into quite a fucking buzzsaw. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, oh, so we're not even looking at circumstance here? Yeah, how we're not even looking at circumstance? Don't about Big Ben. He ran into since he Reese, was drafted. Rodgers. There's a lot of other QBs that are above Philip Rivers. You just said Flacco? Oh, I said Flacco. Oh. Yeah, please don't. Who'd you say? Breeze Rodgers? Yeah. Yeah, Hall of Famer. What are we even talking about? Uh, so we're just letting everybody in? Everybody gets a trophy? See, you're the guy. That, you're, the guy. you're the guy that I was just referring to. <laughs> yeah. I was literally just referring Why are you so angry? All these people have contributed so much to the sport. Like, fucking, they should be in the Hall of Fame, I believe. I'm not saying Rivers didn't contribute to the sport. 17 years as a starting quarterback a in the NFL. Time. That is a long time. Oh, half his life. I, this may be off the top of my head. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but in his career, the only quarterbacks to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC were Tom... Peyton, Ben, and Flacco once. It's not like he didn't have good teams. What are you talking about? He had Tomlinson. He had Gates. He had all-world-level players. They did have some weapons out there. And running backs don't win you Super Bowl. Hey, Antonio so. Gates was a basketball player. Who made him the fucking tight end? <laughs> Phil Rivers. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Okay, why don't, why don't you? Oh, yeah, now let's go ahead and flip this thing around. Now, Tomlinson could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I believe Antonio Gates probably would have learned how to play football with any other quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Let's give a little credit for the guy that was making that all happen. I don't know. It's just – if. That the thing for me is as soon as you hear that length of consistency, of greatness, you know, very goodness, for that long, I just in my eyes immediately go, Oh, one of the greatest athletes of all time right there. That's unbelievable. Frank Gore into Mentally Yes, mm-hmm. Frank Gore goes into the whole yep, If course. you're walking through Canton and if I'm the NFL and I'm trying to say, Hey, here's what we fucking got. Okay, somebody comes over that is not a fan of the NFL. All right, they're like, I don't know anything about the sport or the league. They're like, all right, come into our fucking Hall of Fame. Let's go ahead and teach you some things. When they when the NFL says, come on in, there almost should be a statue of Frank Gore right at the fucking Full beginning. Bus. Yeah. Right bus. at the front of that thing. You know, with his with his goddamn with his socks down at his mm-hmm. shoes, his shoulder pads that are the size of this watch. Okay? His no pads at all. Dented helmet. Taped up everything. Running people over for, what, 16 years at this point? How many years is it? Going on 17, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. 16 years? Yes. I Frank Gore should be right there. The NFL should be like, wait to hear about this motherfucker. <laughs> What's this <laughs> guy? He wore no pads. He was like a rugby player playing against guys, basically. And he was just running people. Yes, I would put Frank Gore right in front. And, by the way, put Phil Rivers, maybe put him in like the... In uh, you know, like a little social gathering, you put him in the middle, have him just talking trash. Everybody walks through. Oh, dang! I mean, you kind of stink. Like, <laughs> Frank Gore's number three on the all-time rushing. Yeah, what's Nick? No, Nick knows not that he's wearing the fucking Flyers shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Forced him to wear it. 
Forced him to wear it. Had to. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I mean, we're trying to move some shirts here. Okay. <laughs> we're hockey time. Yeah. It's hockey season. The Pens are back, by the way. Thought the season was over. Thought they stunk. Turns out, still the greatest team. They're fine. Season back on. Hey, they're making it real close, though, a lot of these games. <laughs> it's, you know, the season just started. They got to get those legs back. For those that don't know hockey, Sidney Crosby, uh, greatest hockey player of all time. Allow me, hockey aficionado, to inform you on hockey. Uh, the guy wears number 87 for the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. team. Ever since he was in high school, he was deemed the next great one. He's like the LeBron James of hockey, and all he has done is dominate. He's been hurt a couple times because he plays in an era where they don't have goons that can protect him. He plays in an era where he doesn't have three feet of space around him at all times uh, because everybody was so scared to get close to him because there was dudes paid on guys' teams back in the day just to come move the jaws of motherfuckers that came close to their star players. Uh, he also plays against goalies that wear pads and are athletic. Uh, and, and he is the greatest player of all time. And he plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And last night, the Sidney Crosby, greatest player of all time, uh, fucking buried one home against the Capitals Ooh. to send them home. Against probably the number two guy, Ovechkin, by the way. I'm a big oh, Ovechkin yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. Ovechkin, by the way, Russian fella, uh, plays for the Washington Capitals. They won the Stanley Cup. He won on a 15-day bender. Yeah. Guy you want to cheer for. Yeah. Guy you want to root for. It's just a shame, just like Phil Rivers, he happens to be in hockey at the same time as Sidney fucking Crosby. Exactly. And that's how you tie it all up. <laughs> hockey time. Well said. Get the shirt. <laughs> Change the color, though. Stored up at MacFishJoe.com. They will be gold when you get them. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, dude. The merch the merch business is an interesting one. We are looking to get better. Ooh. Quarantine has not been kind to the uh, merch business. You know, because a lot of things that are in place there, you know. A lot of moving parts. You know, there's Deliveries. a lot of things. People yeah. can't be around each other. It's difficult. A lot right, of so, gears. So you put that part of the shirt, and then uh-huh. you just go ahead and mail that down the street. <laughs> They'll put that in the shirt. Uh-huh. A little bit difficult, but we're looking to get better. And that hockey time shirt, good design, terrible execution. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that I forced Nick to wear that today. Because we are from hockey time. And the Penguins going to win the Stanley Cup. Ooh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Probably not, right, Nick, though? They're not going to win. They stink no, you uh, They might. They might. we got to move on to Patrick Mahomes and to some phone calls. Uh, Patrick Mahomes playing this weekend, by the way. Yeah. Which is good news for everybody, all parties involved, NFL included. Maybe not the uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, not exactly thrilled that Patty Mahomes playing, but hey, Chad Henney ain't playing no fucking games either. Mm. Um, the Phil Rivers conversation, I, I guess I just checked the internet. There are a lot of people that don't think he should go into the Hall of Fame. Oh, no. And that is wild to me. And I laid out a, a variety of reasons. Most of them revolve around 17 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. If if you want to talk about having a dent in the NFL and being incredibly good at something at the highest level, at the toughest position for 17, almost two decades, that's a long ass time. I think that deserves Hall of Fame. Now, first ballot Hall of Fame, I'm not getting into that whole debate. I just, if I'm the NFL, I would like Philip Rivers to be a representative of what our game is for the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Connor brought up a point during the break that is. I think should be talked about whenever you talk about all his Super Bowls and everything like that. Connor, please lay this out. This is one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard Connor say. Really? Yeah. Look, when you look at the history of the quarterback position, two guys you can probably put there at the top, at least I do, next to Rodgers. That's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. How hard would it be 
to beat Peyton Manning one week and then the next week having to travel to New England and beating Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Could any quarterback ever do it? Yeah, we just Phil Rivers would have to go, okay, I have to beat Peyton Manning, and then one week later I have to beat Tom Brady, Yeah, and then I'm in the Super Bowl. By the way, that's just the AFC, and that's the playoffs every fucking year basically. And then you, you toss in Ben Roth. Exactly. Right and the wild card, maybe Ben, Peyton, Tom. <laughs> uh, how many guys That is do a that? murderer's row. Yeah, nobody. What do you want from the guys? to get into the hall. What? That's what it takes to get into the hall. Well, Phil, you know what Phil should have done? He should have won. He should have packed up and went to the East. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like everybody's doing in basketball, getting out of the West because LeBron's <laughs> yeah. over there. But he didn't. You know why? Because he was loyal to San Diego. That's right. He was loyal to San Diego. You know how hard it is to uproot that family? <laughs> yeah, they moved to Indiana. Yeah. Connor's argument almost proves the point for Brady, Peyton, you know, being the guys that go in because they did just that. Yeah, yeah, They for went sure. out, they beat Tom, they beat Phil, they beat Ben. But they're already, those two obviously are Cemented. already in. They're in the Hall of Goats. Drew Brees you know? already in. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers already in. Look, right. if you don't have the championships, you should at least be able to say you were the best player at your position in that era. And I don't think he can say that what the fuck at any does that year. Even mean? I, I mean, that is, that is I, I just, I don't like the way this conversation goes. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't like it because all, all those are valid points. And I appreciate the fact that you all hold the hall of fame in such high regard. Okay. Like I, I respect and appreciate that you guys feel as if, you know, my standards <laughs> as a fan of the game, Hell yeah. As a, as a young boy, I would watch and analyze games. In my Hall of Fame, you have to have championships. I respect that. I respect the fact that y'all motherfuckers think you matter that much. I do. I like that a lot. And I like that you like the sanctity of the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that you appreciate what the Hall of Fame is. But at this point, I mean, come on. We got like, what, seven hours of speeches every single year. It is no longer what you guys think the Hall of Fame is, okay? Nope. Maybe year one, they let in one person. Maybe year two, they let in two people. But now we're at the point where there's, I've never heard of this person played nose tackle for a team 55 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, this guy's contribution to this team and they won championships was big deal. I'm like, okay, cool. The NFL thinks that this person should be representing the NFL. If it was treated as if only – a starting 11, basically, in a uh, on offense and a starting 11 on defense and that type of thing, I would understand what you guys are referring to. But that's not what the Hall of Fame is. The Hall of Fame now is not this, uh, like, you have to be the greatest of all time at your position. I mean, that's just not how it goes. That's just not what it is. And I think Philip Rivers has quite an argument to say, I was the guy for 17 fucking years. I mean, that's a long-ass time. He also never missed a game. Oh, wow. Iron Man, Not dude. once. Fucking Iron Man. 252 straight starts. Jeez. Play with a torn ACL in an AFC championship. If he had more playoff games, he'd have more games straight, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. would. What are you going to say, Bill? Uh, to Connor's point, people that could beat Peyton and Brady back-to-back, uh, Joe Flacco did just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What year was Thanks, that, Bill? Bill? What year was that, Bill? <laughs> Fuck 2012. Here, yeah, was Peyton Manning on the Broncos in 2012? <laughs> a lot of good defense on the AFC. I don't think he was. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. That's why Bill's wrong, and he's a stooge. Whoa! Well, he might have been, actually, 2012. He might have been. I don't, oh, you, no, you I don't were think saying, they lost to Baltimore. No. You were saying the only the Broncos, Peyton Manning? Yeah, because I was a Jacoby well, he Jones. Said, well, I guess did, uh, did Flacco, did, were we in that year? Did we lose to Baltimore? We did, didn't we? 
was no, we lost Baltimore. That's a great question. Okay. Did he beat? Because now Billy just dropped in on a sports show, which he is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy is not. I mean, he's gaming, yeah. you know. He's watching Naruto yeah. back there. He's literally watching <laughs> yeah. gaming you know, right also now. Also, Flacco is a Hall of Famer, so. Yeah. Oh, All footstops, right. right? Oh, yeah. He's got a Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a lot of hate towards Phil Rivers going into the Hall of Fame. A lot of hate. I don't oh. understand it. I appreciate that people, you know, like taking ownership over the Hall of Fame. Like, No. He doesn't deserve to be in my Hall of Fame. It's like, yeah, well, who the fuck are you? That's a great question. Yeah, he definitely wasn't because 2013 was his first year when he broke all those records and the Broncos lost to the Seahawks in the, yeah. in the Super Bowl. So Ravens beat the Colts 24-9 in the wild card round the year they won the Super Bowl. Then they went to Denver. Oh, we got killed. That, was that when Luck was quarterback? No. Was, who was quarterback? Good question. No idea, but either way, it wasn't back to back because if it was Colts wild card, then Broncos, then Brady. Bingo. So sorry, Bill. Well, unless it was, unless it was luck at quarterback. Yeah. Then, which I think it potentially was, because that was the game that Bruce Aarons got sick the morning of the it game. It looks like it was. He luck. did say that. Yeah. Huh. So he did. He went to Denver, played. Oh, no, because no he sat out a year. No, yeah, yeah. his first year was 2013 when he had 58 passing touchdowns, and then they lost to the Seahawks by 40 points in the Super Bowl. By the way, Bill just came in and dropped a bomb. Yeah, Connor's just completely wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> because if Luck was playing for us, that means Pate was playing for us. The Broncos for- had a first-round bye that year. They lost 38-35 in double OT to the Ravens. Yeah, so. And Payton was quarterback. Yes. Yeah, yeah, if Luck was our quarterback, Payton was their quarterback. Hmm. We lost 24-9 <laughs> that Flacco. <laughs> Fucking Vinatieri. Only one scoring out there. It's a murder's row. It was tough. It was cold. It was very cold. <laughs> I was also, uh, I was on, I was there for Ray's last game in Baltimore. I don't know what year it was. I don't remember when it was. I was there for that. They had him go out for the kneel down. He was the, they beat us. Really? He, they had him go out for the kneel down. He was the, which by the way, more teams should do. More teams put like a running back or a wide receiver back there. You should have your safety back there for sure. And I don't know why more people don't do that. I'm not saying the middle linebacker is the move, but you should have your safety back there. Yeah. Uh, because the only reason why you're there is for if there's a fumble and you have to tackle somebody. But Ray was there and he, he was at the running back position or deep position. Uh, whoever the hell it was, got snapped, took a knee, and then Ray hit the. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the whole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the place went crazy. Yeah, yeah. His last entrance onto the field with the flames and everything, yeah. you could feel the heat from the flames like hundred yards away. I was punting <laughs> on the other side of the field, and my face was just getting. <laughs> it's like oh, it's a little hot in here. All of a sudden, woo! And then he got that grass. Oh, yeah. It was pretty electric, and they won. By the way, felt like that was probably going to happen. Ray's last game. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to play this weekend. He is, if my calculation is right, after learning what the steps are for the concussion protocol, he's in step three currently. And there's five steps in this entire thing. I believe you have to start with some light stretching. Then there's some aerobic shit. And then there is um, basically supervised practice by athletic trainers for 30 minutes or something like that. They said that he'll be listed as limited or did not participate, but he is participating. He's just going to be under the watch of the athletic trainer, which I believe is step three or step four. I think step three of the concussion protocol. Uh, Once he feels good there, then something else has to happen. Then an independent person, and then he's clear to get out of the protocol uh the very interesting situation here with Patrick Mahomes obviously going in championship weekend it's a big deal he's one of the faces of the NFL unbelievable football player he gets taken out the bronze almost make it in there uh I, I didn't think there was any chance that he was not going to play I, I didn't know how I didn't see how that was going to happen but with the independent 
neurological consultant mm. making the decision. He has not been there yet. I'll be in. Tr- what if, you know? What if, like, the team doctor says, hey, he's good? Mm-hmm. And then the independent guy goes, ah, we need another 24 hours or so. And then that report of, He's been cleared by the team, but not by the independent doctor. The conversations that'll happen out of that will be awesome. I mean, that'll be awesome. Where's the doctor from? Is the doctor from Buffalo? Whoa. What are some ties to the doc? I mean, there's going to be a whole thing, uh, but it's nice to know that Patrick Mahomes probably playing. This Depends game. on the age, most likely, of the doctor. If he's a young doctor, you know, a little more concerned about the concussions. Oh, you're mm. saying that you think a younger player, a younger doctor is, is going to be more likely to be like, oh, CT, pretty real thing. Like, there's big problems here. Mm-hmm. Can't send you back out there. You are the face of the league. Don't need you not knowing your name next year. Or do you think older doctor, uh, are you saying in the same thing, older doctor goes, I remember when. Yeah, he, yeah. he talks For about sure. a three-concussion yeah. guy going mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. You, so you're disrespecting the, the doctorship of whatever doctor it is completely. Most likely, I assume so. Yeah, okay. That's very nice of you. I am intrigued how that process works. I've never had to be there. Like, who, who do they fly a doctor in? Is the doctor from the town? Have they There's no COVID way he testing? could be from Kansas City, right? Because Couldn't that's be. not really impartial. Yeah, because normally they don't allow refs, I don't think, or even potentially from the area. Although Saints-Rams with LA. the pass interference, that yeah. guy did have a house in L.A. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Poor decision looking back on that. So is the independent doctor from Kansas City? Or is he from the uh, Kansas City, Kansas? You know what I mean? Ooh. Oh, he's not from Kansas City, Missouri. He's from Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> Different city. Well, Favre's telling him not to play, too. Favre said, hey, Mahomes, if, if – by the time you get there, if you're just not feeling right, doctors might just have to say you can't play. Hey, Favre's a hero. Which yeah. is interesting. Nice guy. Favre probably played concussed in like 60 to 70 games. So, uh, whoa, more than that. You know, well, that's what like, they say. Well, yeah, but don't throw stones at glass houses. You did it. Let, it, yeah. let Pat do it. Yeah. Oh, so now you're saying, hey, listen, you went ahead and just buried your brain. Yeah. All right, let, let Pat do the let same Pat damn thing. It. He's trying to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, just pay attention to your text messages, Brett. Whoa, hey, come, hey, on. come on. Ooh, correct me if I'm sorry. wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's an independent I'm doctor sorry. on every sideline, right? Every game, yeah. yeah. Every game has On both sidelines? Uh, no, I think just one uh, for the game. And that person's supposed to watch and say, oh, that person's a bit woobly. Mm-hmm. We need to check and get them off the field. But if that person doesn't know anything about football, I mean, that was, that was a very interesting rollout of that because – I was uh, privy to a conversation between a player and one of those doctors in the, uh, oh, it's a stinger. It was a stinger. You know what I mean? It was a stinger. Mm-hmm. So there for a second when that thing got pinched, I couldn't feel my arm or whatever, but it's good now. And the doctor goes, uh, okay, give it a little test. All right, yeah, all right, you're good, yeah. I'm like, well, that guy was dead. <laughs> that guy was knocked unconscious. That was like the first year. They had to, they've had to add a lot of different things into this because anytime you have an independent person making a decision that is worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars, I mean, that, that, that person cannot be compromised. Right. Not one bit in that entire thing. Happy Patrick Mahomes going to be playing. He's a stud. Let's go to Eli in New Jersey. What's going on, Eli? Hey, Pat. How you doing? Happy uh, St. Sebastian Feast Day. Oh, shout out uh, you, dude. Nice. Shout out you. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I'm a diehard Colts fan uh, for a whole life. Philip Rivers retiring. <sighs> diehard uh, Colts fan. He had St. Sebastian Feast Day, too. He was probably going to have something pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that was a good start. Probably leading to who the Colts going to have at quarterback next year. I or Phillip Rivers. Or I don't know. what I think he, was, I think he said Phillip Rivers there at one point. Yeah, yeah. Probably going to tie in and then potentially go to. Because I saw Mitt tweeting this morning that he wants the Colts to select Mac Jones. Oh. Who? 
Mac Jones. <laughs> very different than Mike Jones. Very, very different. Very, very, very different. Oh, yeah. Mac Jones might be the direct opposite <laughs> yeah. of Mike Jones. Might it, possibly be. Is it a foregone conclusion? Jacoby Brissett is not going to be the starting? Yeah, what's that all about? I know he's a free agent, but he's, he's in the locker room. Yeah, because Frank said, you know, he didn't see a team without Phil next year or whatever. He got emotional or whatever. I wonder if Jacoby's watching it. Over here. Oh, okay, so uh, you put me out there for the fucking fourth and ones and <laughs> that's it. my ass kicked and then you send me on my way here? What's going on? No, I, I would assume Frank and Phil had a very close relationship. Chris Ballard said, well, we're going to think about it. He's going to think about it. We'll see what's going on. I wonder if Chris had a feeling this was potentially going to happen from previous conversations. But the Colts, quarterback position, he's one I believe will be desirable. Mm-hmm. Good team. Mm-hmm. Should they have went further this year? I believe they should have. They should have put themselves in better positions. I'm not saying they should have beat the Bills. I'm just saying they probably should have won the division. That team is very, very good, which might come into the conversation about Phil Rivers at some point. Yeah. <laughs> see what happens with the next quarterback. Yikes. But if we get Matty Stafford down here, okay, yeah. trade that 21st. Do whatever you got to do. Get rid of the pick. And just like Chris Bauer did last year with the 27 overall pick, he said he's just watching DeForest Buckner film. It worked, Chris. And you did say yes to Phil, no to Tom, for whatever reason, allegedly. Allegedly. We're not 100% sure if that happened. Bring Matt, Go ahead and save Matty Stafford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Motor City Dan Campbell said, yeah. we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. Not, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think one of the tools that you should go and get out of the work belt is Matt Stafford. And let that some bitch get shined up somewhere else. <laughs> See, but if anyone's going to convince Matthew to stay, it's going to be Motor City yeah. Dan Campbell. You think, you think Matt Stafford's going to look and go? Yeah, I want to do this every day at this stage of my career <laughs> with how bad this team's been. I want to do up-downs maybe in team meetings. Yeah. Not give me 10. Oh, line drills. For the next six years, by the way. Six-year contract. <laughs> for Motor City Dan. I love it. Motor City Dan's going to turn that team around. All we're asking is fans of the game, of the sport, who hold the Hall of Fame in high regards. Mm-hmm. Let one of the game's best players get a chance to win some games so he doesn't have to sit here and listen to the slander like Philip Rivers is taking right now. Yeah. Amen. Let's say, Dan. From you, in the back. You know, I can't believe the rest of the Stooges in that room just sit there. And oh, you know, I thought Ty had some gumption. I thought Diggs had, had, had some listen, spine. Phil's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no, my spine. friend. Thank you. Bingo. Diggs does not have a spine. We Take know that. that. Come on. It's just, you know, it's kind of tough, to, I think, for a lot of people to take you serious and the people that are saying it and potentially, like, everybody that's ever played in the NFL. You know, like, that's a pretty – I think it's a pretty difficult thing to take serious. I do like the spin that you put on it of as a representative of the game yeah, because like, he's such a good guy and a good character. Well, and he played for 17 years. As a starter. Like, I, yeah. I, just, I just think he's a represent. I think the Hall of Fame is like a celebration of your league. Like, you know what I mean? Like, here's our greatest – 17 years of quarterback, a fucking long time. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get picked apart by people on the internet with stats and things like that. It's going to no. get shut. Oh, no, he's got good stats. Down my fucking Twitter feed's throat. Five, seven, if you want to talk stats, we could throw Stafford in this Hall of Fame combo. Wow. He broke well, it. He's going to break it. This is what I'm talking about, though. Like, that's Matthew Stafford is going to be in the same exact position as Philip Rivers if he just sits around in Detroit and lets Motor City Dan. <laughs> now, listen, maybe Motor City Dan gets him to the Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. Go ahead and clip this. Yeah. Let's more- go. Maybe Motor City Dan gets Detroit to the, yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, but it, Matt's going to need it. 
By the way, I think it's more likely Motor City Dan has Matt running QB power and his uh, his career ends about four or five years shorter than he wanted it to. Motor City Dan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't think he cares about Matthew Stafford? Well, he wants to bring that tough mentality. What better way than, you know, having Stafford run with a head full of steam behind a a guard and, you know, put his head down and get a couple extra tough yards here and there. Motor City Dan with that big old chaw and telling (laughs) Matty Stafford to get the yard. That would be awesome. Doesn't have a chance. I think they literally looked at Patricia and go, how can we hire someone that is the complete opposite, all right? Patricia was a, a guru, a defensive guru, and we got Campbell now, who's just a motivator. Man, Motor City Dan has never written anything down, so he does not have a Ticonderoga. No. You know what I mean? Dan Campbell seems like a doer, not a talker or a writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I, mean? I wouldn't be surprised if he's suited up in the first practice, yeah. playing middle <laughs> linebacker yeah. for the Lions. For sure. I, I wonder – Mercy Dan, probably cool guy. Great. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. Like, that's a guy you would definitely want to be friends with. But, man, just the pictures of him mm-hmm. and then the stories of him making the boys do the Oklahoma drill down sure. there, the yeah. Dolphins on day one of the job. They were going to war every day at practice. He said it after he got the game ball after they won the first game. He's just like, you're like, you know, him. And, he should bring in Rich Rodriguez to run that offense. <laughs> oh, yes. Just, let's go. Let's get this thing. We are going to be a tough team, whether you like it or not. I love it. I, I would like to be friends with that guy. But now I'm talking about me as if I'm, you know, on that team and I played for, I don't know, six, seven years. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, I understand the business of this whole thing. I, I know, uh, you know, that I don't have a lot of years left. Is this how I want to spend them? Or do I potentially want to go, you know, somewhere else where I don't have to potentially ram my face <laughs> into another adult's face at 6.30 in the morning every day. I just I just think that is something you should think about. And maybe we got Motor City Dan all wrong, by the way. Yeah. He goes maybe. down to the Saints. He's assistant head coach and tight ends coach mm-hmm. for the Saints. Maybe we got it all wrong. But it feels like he is going to – that team is going to be a tough team up there. Yeah, they they, are. Which is good for Detroit, yeah. by the way. Legitimately, though, the Lions are always going to be the Lions. So I'm just glad they hired the most entertaining possible candidate mm-hmm. they could because this is going to be an awesome six years. Bro, his, six years is a long time. His press conferences are going to be awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. Today we got better. <laughs> He's just <laughs> big old chawling. Bill Cowher reincarnated. But as far as Stafford's concerned, Nick, you could rest easy at night. Stafford's made one Pro Bowl. Has he ever been to the playoffs? Like, Phil's been, the, Phil's been to the playoffs eight times and made the playoffs eight times. Like. I, I feel like it's it's harder to not make the Pro Bowl as a quarterback in the NFL. I honestly believe that. You go, you watch the Pro Bowl, there's like, what, 14 chosen, basically. Mm-hmm. Seven from each side, whenever it's all said and done, after the guys who've been there and been like, oh, this is all bullshit. And they say, I'm not going again. All right, we're on our 17th alternate here at quarterback. Oh, shout to this guy. He's never going to be a warrant a name or whatever that's what the pro bowl is for the quarterback position so the fact that stafford's only made one pro bowl that is mind-blowing to me and maybe he was an alternative and he's turned it down a bunch of times which i won't let you know i really respect that that is what he has done but that is very interesting that he's not made more pro bowls and it's because it's the Lions. Lions. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got, Nick? You're going to say something? Yeah, to Diggs's point, just like in this era of QBs, you have Rodgers Manning, Brady, Ben, Breeze, probably Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's probably going to end up in that conversation. He has not gotten one MVP. Every starting QB from this generation in the Hall of Fame just because they relaxed the passing rules. That is very interesting because the numbers are about to be absurd. Everybody's going to put up big numbers. There's going to have to be a lot of clauses, you know, a lot of clauses. Because even the points scored, like Vinatieri has the all-time leader in points scored or whatever. 
But with the way offenses are going, with the amount of well, points that are going. games, too. Yeah, and games are getting added. I mean, they're, hey, listen, the Hall of Fame that you guys held near and dear, we appreciate. All right? With your tight rules and making it impossible to get mm-hmm. in there. But we're changing rules so often. The game's changing completely. There's going to be 14 different segments of the NFL Hall of Fame. And that's just going to have to be something that uh, I think we're all going to have to come to the understanding of. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if everybody's going to like it, but. I assume the Hall of Fame is only going to buy more plots of land. I think it's only going to get mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah. I, I think only more people are going to get in there. Well, that's the thing. Maybe they hand out cards, you know, black card, gold card, silver card, and that gets you to certain spots in the Hall of Fame. Hey, shout out to exactly. Current, black card, by the way. Shout out yeah. to Current. good card. They did not pay for this, but it was sitting on my desk. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's a cool-looking card. It is card. a cool mm-hmm. card. And if you're one of the goats, you can get into the goat side of the Hall of Fame with one of those. What if your jacket came with actual horns? Oh. Ooh. Huh? And maybe your your maybe your uh, what's that called the uh, the uh, the bust. The bust. Oh, there it is. Nailed it. Hey, that's a big Hall of Fame thing. The bust. Mm-hmm. The bust also has like a a, a goat helmet on. Oh, you know I mean? yeah, like it's like a goat helmet. They could put stars on the shoulders like too, like generals. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So like yeah. one star, maybe that's where you know Phil ends up, and then five star. It's where the Mannings and the Breezes. He's and the four Bradys. stars off of them. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, perhaps if he were to only be on the lower tier, he'd fall into the one to two star category. What if, what if Philip Rivers did what Eli Manning did? Said, I want to go to a team that has a chance to potentially win a Super Bowl. Huh. And, and does that whole move. It's a completely different conversation, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Eli's in, right? Oh, two yeah. Super Bowls. Eli Manning's definitely mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer. But if you look at their stats, I'm assuming pretty similar. I'm not. I mean, I've not looked at them. I would, Phil's are Phil's better. I would guess yeah. Phil's stats are much better. Okay, so if Phil wasn't, you know, a guy that was just like, oh, shoot, like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go play. <laughs> All right, I'll move my family. We'll create it. We won't ever leave. I won't ever be upset about anything. Let's just go ahead and do it. If he wasn't that guy, are we even having the conversation if he goes somewhere that's potentially a Super Bowl candidate? That is something that has to be talked about. Hmm. We've spent 54 minutes talking about Phil Rivers. <laughs> we love Phil Rivers. Welcome to the offseason. Only Phil Rivers. <laughs> not the offseason. Welcome, welcome to Wednesday. Uh-huh. With only four teams left. Get used to it. What a show. Told you yesterday, show's going to stink. Mm-hmm. I literally said that. Tomorrow's show is going to stink. Yeah. Little do we know. Imagine if Phil didn't retire. Oh, what this show. Oh, man. This show would be the worst. <laughs> Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. None of it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? You're, before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, Mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and... Go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all. Ooh. And then you just have time of your life. Yeah. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Jesus. 
That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. No mm-hmm. spaces. Uh, and you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. All right. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to you. Shout out to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. This man is listed at six foot three, three hundred and eleven pounds. Plays fullback for the Baltimore Ravens. Is a Pro Bowler out of Maine, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Ruckard. Yeah. How you doing, man? Thanks for I'm excited to be here. So you're six foot three, three hundred and eleven pounds. Um, so that weight is a little distorted nowadays. Um, that's when I was playing defensive line as well. Um, that was from actually last year's OTA weight when I was playing defensive line. Um, this year I knew I wasn't going to be playing defensive line. So I've been around like 295, 290. I know it doesn't sound as good as 311, but you know, I'm still, you know, a big guy moving around playing fullback. So, um, yeah, I don't need all the extra weight because, you know, taking double teams and stuff, that's not happening playing fullback. So. Well, there's some other collisions happening, and I assume my friends who have been big guys because of their profession, which D-line have to be, offensive line you have to be, whenever they get under like 300, there's like little milestones. Whenever I get under 300 pounds, my knees feel 50% better or something. Whenever I get under 295 or 285, the whole milestone thing, was that how your body reacted to? Like you feel incredibly light at 295? Um, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I'm a pretty lean guy as it is. So me losing that weight, um, you know, for sure. Um, I almost feel just as strong, just as, uh, you know, play just as physical. Um, but yeah, definitely my, my knees, I've had surgery on my knees in college. So that definitely, you know, takes off a little bit of weight, but overall, I mean, I still feel just, just about the same, honestly. Man. Have you always just been a monster? That I mean, that is that is incredibly large and athletic and lean too. Like that's not a normal thing at all. Have you always been this way? Did you did you hit a massive growth spurt, or have you always been a a big bodied yeah, man? Uh, yeah, as a kid, I was a pretty average kid. I wasn't one of the big kids. I wasn't a small kid. Um, you know, I always tell people when I went to high school, I was like, well, like five eight, one fifty five, and all of a sudden, my sophomore year, I just had a growth spurt and I just started. Um, every year gained about an inch or two, gained about like 15, 20 pounds. Um, when I got to Maine, I was like six, one, six, two, like two fifty five, And then every year from that, I just continued to gain weight and weight and weight. I was two eight, two eighty five my senior year of college and then gained 15 pounds for my pro day. I was 300. And then I just been fluctuating from 310 to 300 to 290 for the last four years. So, um, you know, definitely just kind of, became a big person all of a sudden. I go uh, from 270 to 230 all the time for much different reasons. <laughs> uh, it is a quite a comfort run there. Are you from Maine? How did you end up at Maine? How, how did that whole process go about? No, I'm from Massachusetts, um, small town, Spencer. It's uh, right next to Worcester, which is central Mass, about an hour from Boston. Did you play in the, um, the IPL? No, oh, the ISL. ISL? I don't know. I don't know what that is. So no. I thought it was nah. fake. Yeah. I, what, what is it called? The, the Independent School League. The ISL. The Independent School League? Mm-hmm. I fucking knew it was he's, fake. He's an MIA guy. <laughs> Anyways. So, <laughs> Sorry. I went to Maine because that was my only Division One offer in high school. So I had to take that. You know, I wasn't going to have my parents pay for school. Smart. Uh, that's how I went to Maine. Um, my only offer. So I took that. I did not know. I should have done more research before this because my research is uh, on Sundays. I like to watch all the games, okay? And 
every once in a while, there will come a time in one particular game, the Ravens game, where it'll become a just, a, it seems like a replay of you just fucking barreling people. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely. There's been a couple of shots. I'm sure you've seen them where the camera was close. You're going to the left. And it was like the perfect highlight reel for a fullback. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. How has the transition been to fullback? Obviously, rather easy. Is it a position you had played before you got here? Or is it one of those things where they're like, you're athletic. You seem to be big. Let's go ahead and see if you can do it in backfield. And it was just a natural fit. It's kind of the mix of the two. I played fullback in high school, but it was a double-wing offense, so that's not a normal offense whatsoever. It's all six-inch splits, two tight ends in line, two wings, and a fullback with the quarterback under center. And I would get my stance, touch the quarterback, and it's all right there. So it's all gap scheme, power. We ran the ball every play. You probably passed like, pass the ball probably like 10 times throughout the whole year. Um, so I did that in high school and played linebacker, went to Maine, played defensive line there, had to learn how to play defensive line, never even got into a stance until I got there, and obviously <laughs> I have a scholarship there, so I was there to play defensive line. Played def- defensive end, moved me the next year, gained some weight to, to three technique, and played nose and three technique my whole career at Maine. And then it was when I was undrafted, a defensive lineman, I signed with the Ravens, and um, about a week into OTAs, I'm there, and Greg Roman, who's our offensive coordinator, was the tight ends run game coordinator at the time and just needed a fullback because Kyle Juszczyk signed that big deal with San Fran that offseason, so they didn't have a fullback. And it was just kind of, you know, me being there for a week, I was moving pretty well for my size, playing defensive tackle, and, um, you know, they weren't maybe entirely sure if I was going to make the team at that point um, from what they saw from me on defensive line. So they're like, hey, let's get this guy to try a fullback. Um, had one rep, it was 90 lead in practice. I did a good job and. You know, I was pretty smart, too. I was undrafted, so I'm trying to make the team any any way I can, trying to make a name for myself. I stood right next to uh, Coach Harbaugh, sat right next to him after that rep, and we were just talking, and I said, you know, I used to play fullback in high school. And right then and there, I, I saw somebody in his head, so I turned like, hmm, okay, like, he did th- he's done this before. Like, let, maybe let's give him some more reps. And that's kind of how what happened. I kind of started getting more reps in OTAs, that training camp, and then I made yeah. the team fullback, and I was still playing defensive line. I played defensive line and fullback and special teams for the last three years until this year. So this year is when you made the official jump. I'm just going to go ahead and yeah. dominate this one particular position. You said you played the uh, the wing thing in high school. It feels like this is the perfect offense, obviously an offense in 2021 that has a, a fullback uh, as one of their main contributors on, on when it comes to plays. It's going to be a run-heavy offense, right? You guys, <laughs> just J.K. Dobbins, Gus, Lamar, uh, then obviously Mark just got released or whatever, but the run game has just been something that's magnificent. Do you think, um, like through the year, because there was a lot of conversation about uh, the rate, what, was was it the COVID that slowed you guys down, you think, in the middle of the year there? Whenever all that shit was popping off with the Titans on the shield and everything like that? And it, like, was that... Because there was a time where you guys disappeared from the conversation. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, Lamar isn't going to work anymore. And then all of a sudden, bang, end of the season, here we are. Okay, thought you, were gonna get to, thought you guys were going to go on a run. What do you think it was this year as one of the leaders of the team, I'd assume, and everything like that in the middle of the season, looking back hindsight? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I'm pretty sure we were 6-2 and two at one point in the year. And then we just had a three-game losing streak. And then we're – it was to the Patriots, the Titans, and then the Steelers. And the Steelers is when we had that COVID outbreak. 
it was crazy, man. We had about 10 days straight of positive tests in the organization, half players, like 20 something players, 20 something staff, and um, ultimately lost that game. And I think after that point, we had a bunch of guys come back from COVID, and I was one of them who had it. Um, mild symptoms, I was okay. It was, uh, you know, felt like a little flu. Um, hey, congrats, by the way, yep. on being COVID. Congrats. congrats on being COVID, Patrick. Um, but I mean, I think at that point, we were six and five, and we knew that if we lost another game, um, we weren't going to make the playoffs. And I think at that point, we just kind of really took it day by day. And I think a lot of people having COVID and being out of the building for about two weeks, it was about 10 days. Um, you kind of took everything for granted, I guess, and just really wanted to win games and just make sure that we were going to get in the playoffs. Um, but I mean, in the middle of the year, I don't think any of us saw that coming. Just those couple of games we lost, um, you know, there were tough games. There were tough, you know, opponents. Um, but yeah, getting COVID and everyone just kept coming back together. Um, we just knew we had to just win these these games, game after game after game. And it just we kind of were in that playoff mode the whole time. Versus last year, we were fourteen and two, and then it was playoffs. It was like, all right, time to kind of let's we can't lose this game. And this year it was a little different in that sense. Yeah, a little bit. You had to win early. Every game was a must-win type game. It was electrifying to watch you guys get back into what was happening last year and at the beginning of the year. It was amazing. Uh, you guys win a playoff game, take a step, right? Everybody's talking about, we need to take a step, we take a step. What do you guys need to do, you think, to take the next step? What do you think you need to do to go on uh, the run all the way to, to Mr. Lombardi's mountain there? What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason with a bunch of guys, especially in our defense, a lot of free agents this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who we have back, um, who we're going to draft. But, I mean, I think the nucleus for this team, it's here, man. I mean, back-to-back uh, divisional rounds, um, you know, the coaching staff, I believe most of everyone's going to be back. There's some defensive uh, guys right now who are taking, you know, defensive coordinator jobs, some getting like that. Um, you know, you like the locker room, though, huh? The locker room's good. You yeah, guys you guys love what you guys have. Everyone saw last year with the whole big, big trust thing, and that's just kind of who we are. We're really close, and every guy that's come that's been here, uh, from different teams have said, man, like this place is really special and it's a great organization. I mean, they treat us like family and they kind of let us, you know, be who we want to be when we're there. I mean, this is my only team I've been on, so I don't really have too much of like an insight of other organizations and locker rooms, but we really do have a good team. And I think that's, you know, a big thing for us moving forward is just getting guys who think like us, you know, we talk, we call it play like a Raven. You know, those are the guys we want in our locker room to, help us push the next step to get to the AFC championship and ultimately, you know, like you said, you know, get a Lombardi back to Baltimore. Hey, let's, hey. I know. Hey, that'd be awesome to watch. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing in the off season? You, what are the workouts we're doing? You know, if I want to get, if I want to get Patrick Ricard, but you grew up in Massachusetts. What, what did you do? Uh, any hobbies as a kid? What, you guys are just cold as shit up there, right? And, oh, yeah. and then Maine gets even colder. What goes on up there? I don't know. I mean, I'm from a small town, so people just, I don't know. I mean, shoot, it must be like anywhere else, right? I mean, we, I'm from like kind of a country, kind of blue collar town. So, um, you know, I have a lot of brothers and uh, siblings and a bunch of family members who are all really close together. So we're always just nice. hanging out. And, um, you know, I know when I get back up in Massachusetts next week, I'm going to start going to the gym for sure. And I probably slap together a little home gym and just do things in my house. And um, What are we doing? Ready. Explosive power? What are the workouts? Um, I actually follow my strength coach's program here. Um, it's a lot of, you know, powerlifting things. Um, hmm. 
and I do things on my own, just like little stability stuff and core things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely a little bit of power cleaning, but um, you know, it's more of just different. Uh, <laughs> Fucking stop that, um, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Connor? Yeah, Patrick, because you just eviscerate people on the football field, do you talk a lot of shit or are you just kind of like a silent brick out there? Uh, I'm more of a silent kind of player. Um, I've never been one to trash talk. Unless someone talks trash to me or starts saying something crazy, then I let them know. But I let my play talk instead of running my mouth because I know running your mouth, it just – it doesn't help you. You look like an idiot half the time. Do you just wake up wanting to run people over? I mean, I mean a very interesting position you have. I mean, yeah. your position is literally, okay, I'm, I'm attempting to run people over. That is your job basically on every single play. It, that has to be a mentality, I'd assume, right? That, that has to be a mentality. And what do you think is the difference between like a, the mentality of a fullback versus maybe another position? So for me, if I come out of a game – and I do not put a defensive player on their back, I feel like I didn't have a good game. Okay, like, that's so that's like a part. touchdown. That's a touchdown. Yes. Like, in my eyes, like, Pancake. getting guys on their back in games, that's just, like, that's the ultimate move as a fullback for dominating somebody. And that's how I pride myself. And if, I, if I'm if i not doing that at least once a game, you know, I, I think, okay, I did pretty good here and there. But, yeah, it's definitely a mentality thing. I mean, as a fullback, you were able to run full speed into someone else who has to run full speed into you, and it's pretty much like, all right, where, what's going to happen as soon as that happens? Am I going to go backwards? Is this guy going to go backwards? And, you know, playing, uh, you know, offensive line, defensive line, you're right there already. You know, you're just boop, you're hitting each other, and then it's drive. Pull back in the linebacker or a DB or defensive end when I'm motioning across the field. I'm running full speed, and, you know, that's my job is to get them moved out of there or on their back or whatever it is. And, you know, I love doing it. I mean. It's an Oklahoma drill. You do an Oklahoma drill every play. Just about, yeah. <laughs> so let's n- now that we've got to that, um, we have a guy in our office oh, yeah. who played in the independent school league, school league, the ISL up there in Massachusetts, uh, and he played against AJ Dillon in high school in the independent school league, uh-huh. and he was a fifth year senior. Is that normal in Massachusetts, by the way? In Massachusetts is it, is it a normal thing just to do your junior year again at another high school, <laughs> uh-huh. and then you're like uh, a 19 year old senior? I've never heard of this. <laughs> well, it's, it's common. It's very common. Say no more. I appreciate that. Anyways, somebody that I just referred to that did that was a fifth-year senior. A.J. Dillon was a freshman. And there is a highlight that is nothing like how he described the play, but there is a highlight of A.J. Dillon breaking like six tackles, and then he comes, cleans them up on it, Puts him on his back, by the way. Oh, yeah. Puts him on his That's back, right. A.J. Dillon on his back. Touchdown. And he talked about it. So now he and A.J. Dillon are doing an Oklahoma drill this offseason, full pads. If you were him, is there any tips for your real-life job, which is an Oklahoma drill every single play? What would you do to a man who hasn't done much athletically in a, in a little bit? About eight years, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Taking on A.J. Dillon in an Oklahoma drill. Any Please. thoughts? Um, I mean, the biggest thing, you definitely have to get lower than him. Like, that's an absolute must. If you're a little bit higher than him, you're going to be right there. It's over. So you have to get low. And as soon as you hit him, you're going to have to make sure your feet are moving. If your feet stop and he's a little bit, maybe he's maybe you're a little bit lower than him, it doesn't matter because if you see, you know this man's feet are going to be moving. So you're going to have to make sure you're lower than him, your feet are moving. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, too, is just get your hands inside of the man because if you're out here or doing anything crazy – you have complete control when your hands are in, 
nice and tight. It's funny you say that, Patrick, because we were talking about strategy <laughs> just this morning and yesterday, and what Connor was thinking yeah. was actually to jump a little bit and <laughs> tackle the head, tackle the head. You know the what I mean? Opposite, tackle of what, the head. Literally, couldn't be more opposite of what you just suggested. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on his particular idea of the jump and wrap, or I thought maybe jump, spin, yes. get on his back, yeah. backpack, get out of the way as much as possible? Do you have any other any other uh, thoughts? I mean, I don't know. Maybe tackling him like that might work, but jumping on his back is not going to help because he's just going to take you for a ride at that point. True. Yeah, yeah that'd be <laughs> fun, though. <laughs> that'd be a good time. Is, he, is it to the hospital? That movie, no. That movie laughs. Call together. the ambulance. Not for me. I'm on the back. But the um, – uh, Patrick, sorry. This this show is incredibly stupid. You should probably get a much better interview than you're currently getting, <laughs> and that's 100 percent on us. Um, whenever, what's that? <laughs> when did you know Lamar Jackson was the guy? Was there a time like you know because you were playing, yeah. I guess, D line at the time, and then you were part time fullback, which is normal, by the way. Goal line normally you have somebody come in, whether it's offensive line or D line. Then you go full time. Was there a moment where you guys knew Lamar was the dude, or was it as soon as he got there they're like, "Oh, this guy is different"? I mean, I mean, he was a first round pick for us in 2018. This is my second year here. Um, I mean, in OTAs when he first got here. Just seeing this man move around and run around and the things he could do just physically and just the, the raw talent he had, you knew he was special at that point. I think all it took was a little bit more develop, development in his game to learn this system and learn these plays and what he has to do and then get the reps on top of it because Flacco was still our guy. He was still getting all the reps with the ones and getting more of the reps in practice and whatever it was. And at that point, I think you just knew, like, once Lamar – got you know his shot to be the number one quarterback he was going to take it and um, he got that I think it was he probably played five or six games his rookie year and we were we were in a losing streak and then they put Lamar in because Flacco had an injury and that's when we started winning a bunch of games and then we went into the playoffs um, I think I think for me personally, it was when OTAs, when you first got here, you knew there was something special about him. After that rookie year, by the way, Harbaugh, as you know, went all in on the Lamar Jackson package, basically. Helped that whole thing out. Tight ends, let's get a big-ass fullback in here. Let's make this dive a threat every single time or at least move some people. Uh, What do you got, Diggs? Patrick, you talked about running full speed and meeting human beings in the hole. Besides Robert Spillane, who was a dude this year yeah, who you true. met in the hole and was like, I didn't expect that from them? Yeah, Bob Spokane, dude. He was- um, <laughs> have you ever seen me- – hey, 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 have you seen Bob Spokane's neck, by the way? Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> Do you judge that whenever you're going into a week? Is that something you think about? Like, hey, that's some bitch. What's that guy's is, neck size? <laughs> that guy is going to bring a dump truck with that neck. Sometimes. I mean, yeah, of course. If they have a big-ass neck, you know they're not scared to hit dudes. Um, True, but uh, yeah, I got sidetracked. Really, really who you, other than Bob, who's somebody that hit you that you were like, okay, that was a great collision, or who who's somebody that you jousted very well with? Like every collision was a, a big time shot. Has there been anybody? It doesn't. It doesn't happen often. I don't want to sound like I'm all cocky and all this stuff. But hey, dude, you're a, you're a two time Pro Bowler for a fucking reason. Linebackers are right. <laughs> I got 50 pounds on them. Um, I'm trying to think. Um. I know, you know, like it, for me, I think it's more defensive end. I think it's more defensive ends, honestly, because they're big guys. Who's big tough? Teams. I don't want. Uh, Who's tough um, to dominate? I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Miles Garrett is a big dude. Um, that's for damn sure. Like hitting hitting guys his size, like 
that's an example I would use, like a Miles Garrett. Like those guys, you know, you hit them and you're not going to move them very much, but you know you got to move them just a little bit or occupy them. Yeah, um, what is? Linebacker, I mean, they're all, you know, they're all the same size. What is the goal? Because you you'll see some blocks and they're like it looks like you barely even touch or or like an offensive lineman will be out in space and a corner will try to duck them and they'll get like on their shoulder but it's like no that's considered a great block because the fact that they were there they made the play is your goal to square somebody up every single time is it like I just need to move them a little bit for this particular play is there different ways on how you have to like dominate a human yeah <laughs> so depending on the play and where the ball is trying to hit you have to take the blocks on differently so like a power play a gap scheme if i'm kicking out the end i have to make sure i kick them out enough to where there's space to where our, our pulling guards can pull around hmm. our, our back and hit the hole so it's always different like when i'm doing like a quarterback driven run for those runs it's more just fitting fitting the guy up because half the time it's going to be jk or lamar running around and with those guys all you got to do is just get on a guy's kind of stay square and let the back have either the edge or, you know, be able to cut it inside whenever you want. So I think those blocks, is, it's just more of just fitting guys up. But got more like gaps game and things where you have to move guys, those are more important by actually moving them. For the most part, you're just fitting guys up and, you know, getting the block done. But for me, I'm trying to move guys every time. Do you have any holding calls? Uh, I have one this year and one last year. Other than that, is no, that the, not really. Is that the worst? Is that just the worst? Yeah, whatever. It sucks because you know your coach is gonna be pissed. You know that sometimes it's a bullshit call, and then sometimes <laughs> you gotta deal with it. But um, yeah, I don't have too many, so I pride myself on that too. So and also the ten yard is just—it it is so much. I mean, it is—it's a drive killer. I, I've that should move to a five-yard penalty. I think I honestly believe that that should be a five-yard penalty because if they call it, it's such a subjective call. It could be called technically, I guess, on every single play, and you can't review it. It just feels like that shouldn't be something that stalls a drive if we're trying to get the best possible product. Ty, what do you have? Patrick, obviously love the fullback mentality, but have you at any point went to Coach Roman or Harbaugh and been like, hey, I need at least you know, 15, 20 touches a game. Let me run <laughs> downhill with this thing and score some touchdowns. I know my role here. <laughs> okay, so um... – but, I mean, when the ball – I know when plays are called and I could possibly get the ball, I mean, I get excited. I mean, who, who wouldn't get excited? Bingo. Um, and I know when the opportunity comes, I'm like, all right, this ball's thrown to you. Make sure you catch it, first of all, and make sure you don't fumble this bitch because you know, <laughs> Yeah. Happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had nine catches this year, and for some reason the Titans game I had three. Ooh. Or targets. Ooh, there we go. Uh, um, athlete. Oh, yeah. 295 pounds. Just <laughs> – stalking yeah, I mean, the field um like i didn't i didn't play offense in college at all so coming here being a defensive lineman and now possibly getting the ball in the nfl i mean that was something i never thought would ever happen <laughs> like i'm not asking for touches or anything like that i mean maybe this year just because of how well i was doing towards the end of the year with you know receiving yards and things like that more than normal than i was throughout the year Maybe my role will expand a little bit more and me yeah. running more routes and getting the ball a little bit more. So maybe we'll some outs. You know, maybe, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, a little, my move a little bit because half the time I get the ball in space. I'm like, do I make a move on this guy? Do I 
you know, do something crazy for half the time and just lower my damn shoulder because that's all I really know. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, another great move, obviously, is the jump over. Anytime a fullback jumps over somebody, big pop from the internet. Big, big pop from the internet. Patrick, we appreciate you so much, man. Have a great offseason. Hope to talk to you again. Congrats on the Pro Bowls and all that shit. You're the man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. Maybe we'll do it again. Yeah, maybe one day. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Patrick Ricard. Yeah! yeah! 295 pounds just trying to dominate dudes. That's one of those guys like you accidentally run into in a bar. Yeah. yeah. Like, what have I got myself in? <laughs> I am so sorry about that. What a guy. Good guy. Good conversation. Let's get some phones calls, shall we? Let's go to Dana in Texas. Dana, what's going on? What part of Texas are you in? Dana, not a gator. Oh. <laughs> Gator don't play no shit. I agree, Gator, and I apologize. Oh, I just want to let. Okay, yep. First off, how are you doing, sir? Hey, and, Gator, uh, not I too like shabby. I to apologize to you. What's that for? Um, on that Thursday night, you kicked that onside kick. I was at that game. What you say to me, now, Gator? I've been hammer drunk. Yeah. You know what you said to me? Did and, you say uh, something? I probably, I probably said fuck you. And oh, Gator, Gator. You know you're y'all, y'all are, you're amazing, man. You know you and the boys. You know. P's and T's, all the first responders out there fighting COVID. Oh, yeah. That's right. Prayers and thoughts. Mm-hmm. But first off, uh, I just want to talk about that shit show going on in Houston. Hmm. It's finally now getting national. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been going on for years. Really? Behind closed doors? Oh, yeah. You're saying locally. Oh, you guys yeah. have been known about this shit for a long time. It's been going on since the Kubiak era, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thank you, Gator. <laughs> you couldn't have got better than that. No. no. Joining us now is a guy for the Tennessee Titans, a man who hosts Bussin' with the Boys podcast, which is great alongside Will Compton. Uh, It's great entertainment, to be honest with you. A hilarious individual who happens to play tackle in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans, ladies and gentlemen, alongside his right-hand man, Taylor Lewall. Thank you for having me. AJ, next time I'm introduced, if you don't clap, we'll grab some coffee. (laughs) But it's all right. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Hey, Taylor, how are you doing? Uh, now, I tried to guess what stage of rehab you were in. I forgot how long ago you were on the show. I completely, I tried to do the math. You're walking now? How are you feeling? Are you getting a metal scrape up and down your scar tissue yet? What's going on? What stage are that you is, at? That has happened several times. I am uh, 12 weeks out yesterday. And so I'm walking. We're getting the, the, the quads firing. I never had big legs to begin with, so mm. not a lot of atrophy there. But it's going well. It's it's going good. I think at week 16, week 17, around that four-month mark, I will be cleared for all football activities, uh, beating Dominican Sue when he tore his ACL in Nebraska. Not keeping score, <laughs> but that's that, that's the pace I've, I've heard I have to be. Jeez. So what, what's been the hardest part, I guess? So you're three months out. Does this part suck worse than the beginning? Like, what's the, what's the toughest thing? The hardest thing for me was, like, I – it was – when I got hurt, like – it was almost a calming feeling for whatever reason. Like I, I sat there and I was like, it was always a huge fear of mine. Like I'm an athletic tackle. I can run. I don't bathe regularly. I, you know, it's, <laughs> it was always a thing. Like, you know, I can move around. And once I was always so afraid to get my, my knee getting hurt that once it happened, it was like calming. Like, Oh, this is only the worst, this is the worst thing that can happen to me. I'm, I'm going to be totally fine. So uh. the only time it was difficult was during the season on Sundays, watching the boys go out there and play like, that was always hard. You know, I was definitely in a little bit of a slump during all that, but it was, it's been like since the season's ended, you know, obviously we got busted with the boys podcast. I get to come and talk to you gentlemen. Like there are things that keep my schedule going to where I can still have a creative outlet. 
uh, other than football. So it's been a it's been a cool experience, and I think it's going to be a positive one, and and overall in my life. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity for next year. You know, guys, whenever they get hurt or have season-ending injuries, they're still in the training room in most years. In the morning or whatever, they're checking in. Uh, they kind of get a chance to at least be in the building with some of the people. I assume this year you were not in the building at all, huh? Because of the COVID clearance and everything like that. Yeah, I left immediately. I was not going to wake up at 6 a.m. and get COVID tested every day. <laughs> but that could hey, Dak probably... Pres- hey, Dak Prescott can have it, baby. I'm so proud of him. Him saying on the news he's going to go in there, go to the meetings. What a guy. What a team guy. And I love that. I didn't do any of that. I actually um, bailed immediately and went to Florida. Dr. Andrews did my surgery. I spent a week down there. And then I came here. I have an incredible team of people. Um, Luke Richardson is a guy who... Helped start Exos, which was athletes' performance in the beginning. He's now at Lipscomb Academy, which I know you guys. Oh, Trent Dilfer, let's go Mustangs! Let's go Mustangs! Um, he's the strength coach for them. So this woman named Anna Hartman, who is also she's an incredible PT lady, comes from San Diego. So she flies in just to work with me. I got the best team you could ask for. I literally have, I got the Pilates reformer right there. I hit that at least an hour a day, yeah. every single day. Canadian and then flag. I go do my workout. I go do my rehab. So at this point, it's it's really like quad strengthening and and workouts. So I I um you know I might have the best ACL repair anyone's ever seen. Yeah, well, it, it might go down in history. That's that. what I was going to ask about because you had Indomitian Zoo's recovery time from his college days at Nebraska in your mind. Was there a goal that was laid out by somebody? I assume in your life, or was this your goal? Like, hey, okay. What did uh, Indomitian Sue do whenever he was at Nebraska? I don't even know how you remembered that that had happened was. And how, how did you get to that goal? And I assume those little things are kind of what keep you going, obviously, through this whole thing. Well, everything in my life always stems back to Will Compton. And so Will Compton played at Nebraska. When Will got to Nebraska, there was a guy named James Dobson. He was head straight coach there. Unbelievable guy. Good raspy voice. Chiseled cat. Really a guy you look at and say, yeah, I want him to work me at work me out and i've been to vanderbilt a few times done a couple of workouts with him absolutely dominated him in a few things but he and i have, have developed quite the rapport and so he calls me four or five days before i answer the phone he doesn't say sorry he doesn't say oh i hope you're feeling okay he goes well you know when i first got to nebraska uh an adopted sue had a partially torn acl and we played wall ball and he tore it fully and i thought i was gonna get fired on the second day of my job <laughs> but he came back in four months and played in the season so he's like so that's what you have to be. And that was the end of the conversation. He hung up the phone, didn't even say goodbye, and that was it. And so from this day, it's been my, my, my head has been, okay, four months, i, I got to get cleared for all football activities. Now, I'm going to get cleared at, at four months because I've recovered that well. But the, I think the worst thing guys can do is like, okay, now I can go do everything. I am still going to go through every process. I got, I got seven more, eight more years, good, good ones, oh, before yeah. I start doing the downward slope. Yeah, for sure. So... We got a big thing coming up. I like that you're standing. What, what we got next? What's going on? You all right? You see that? Come on, pal. I guess it's beast. You had that. That's that punt team kickstep, dude. Yeah, that's a punt team. Right? Got to get some depth. You know what I mean? We're in a deep. We're yeah, in a deep shotgun. Games. We are in a deep shotgun. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love it. It's standard. Shoulders are square. Legs going back. You look phenomenal. You look great. You should see. I hold the shit out of them too, and I but I never get called, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I, I think I've held more than anybody. And I mostly get cold, so it does matter. <laughs> I do remember that. It was happening. But then you beat it, by the way. You beat it. Yep. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, Taylor, what do you think? What about these the four teams remaining, the playoffs? Like, Do you watch now? I know the Titans are out. It was tough to watch your boys. What do you think? Like, Who do you think is going to take it? Um, okay, so I wanted the Bills to donkey the Ravens. Because you know, of? Because of, you know. 
And then once that happened, now I'm thinking, you know, I think the, uh, the Chiefs, I can't see the Chiefs not beating the Bills It's because they're, they're so good right now. I think it really depends on Patrick Mahomes plays, right? And how, how is he from a mental clarity standpoint? Because watching the game against the Browns, his, it looked like his head didn't hit very much, but he looked like when you – you know how, like, the punk kids in high school would grab the goose by the beak and they do that and they kill him? Like, that's what it looked like – that's what looked like it happened to his neck. What? Excuse so me. So I'm thinking. Nah, nah, nah. Like, there's a lot of things we have to talk about. Okay. <laughs> there is a lot of. I, I have no idea about any of these punk kids grabbing gooses by the beak and breaking their necks. That's unbelievable. This was something that happened. You've never heard of this before? No, 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 bud. There's some guy probably watching the show that's probably committed arson before that knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> if, if you grab a goose, and I've never done this, I, PETA, if you, I know you're watching, I have never done this. Yeah, and I would but also like got, to say uh, the opinions in whatever Taylor Lewan says right now do not reflect yeah. that of the opinions of the other two men that are currently on the screen. <laughs> right. Well, I'd love it if you put me in that, but insurance policies have been laid. I have <laughs> if you grab a goose by the neck, Oh, I'm sorry, by the head, and you give it a, a like a whip, it is, it dies. It snaps all neck. Right. next to all right. How do we, you know, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so I, all right, let's, let's move on. It, it did look very sorry, scary. So Patrick Mahomes looked like the goose that I was just trying to explain. So, and so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what happens with spines. I'm not a doctor, right? I was a general studies major in Michigan. I think if Pat plays, I assume, I assume the Chiefs win. Now, Tom Brady is a Michigan legend. All right. Mm-hmm. There's Tom Brady, me, and then there's everybody else. But like Tom Brady's number one. Of course. So Tom is the Bucks, and then I mean Aaron Rodgers had had the best season out of everybody besides Derrick Henry. So you think Aaron Rodgers would win this game? But I'm I'm hoping Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win this game. Okay. Just from from a Michigan guy to Michigan guy. So I finally got there. I apologize. No, I, I like that you gave a very detailed <laughs> breakdown of all of it. By the way, not a lot of people do that. It seems like you have it well thought out. And by the way, that's why Busting with the Boys is such a good podcast because you know you're a deep thinking man, especially in your yeah. time. Um, can we yeah. talk about the concussion protocol? Have you ever been in it? Several times. I, I don't think I've ever had a concussion, but they've said it's been. I had a thing in Miami, Andre Branch. I'm still going to get you back someday. Blindsided me. And, uh, I don't think he's, he's in the country. league anymore, but I'll get him at like a charity event or something. Um, AJ tackles well, dudes out of golf courses. Uh-huh. You could probably do something. Yeah, no, I've, I don't think if I ever saw him at like a, you know, some sort of charity event, I'd definitely, you know, I like in the chin, and then he'd be asleep, and I tweet worth it as I was the cops were taking me away. But, um, <laughs> Jesus, we threw, that's a we little bit harsh. Don't you What's think that? it's a little bit harsh? Should we not move on? You don't think? I don't know. I'm petty, dude. I get petty so easily. Yeah, you and I got out at a charity event. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I'd, you know, whatever my bail was, I'd match that for the charity event. Then everything would be okay. You'd be square. <laughs> you know, so we'd work out something in that way. Like you'd match, match. What's your bail? Ten thousand. Okay, we'll do ten thousand for charity also, and everything's okay. What a hero. But I think um, I got knocked out against Miami. He did that. That's the reason why I was saying I was joking. I was joking about that. But um, Thank you. You go through the protocol. Basically, you know how it is. You have your baseline test. And then once you get knocked out or anything happens from a concussion standpoint, you have to meet those baseline guidelines. And a uh, neutral site doctor. Yeah, like what doctor is that? that's not affiliated with the team at all has to clear you. Is he from Nashville, without- though? Was he in Nashville, that doctor? Who was it? And did you sense any, like, fanhood in that person? The guy knew that he was like, yeah, I lo-, you know, as I'm walking out the door, the guy goes, hey, I love the way you play. So oh. obviously, he knew, he knew <laughs> I was going to do it as he cleared me for the game. But 
I'm saying like I, I had a week. I, I got hurt, and Mike Vrabel, he's the he's an amazing dude. He's for the boys 100. Text me on Tuesday. He goes, don't even plan on playing this game, even if you get cleared. Like you're you're taking care. Like, he took care of the boys, which you don't get a lot, okay. especially with head coaches. Um, yeah, I just don't think you get that. And uh, Mike Mike helped me out quite a bit doing that. And you know, you you got to reach the baseline. Once you reach the baseline, you have to have like no symptoms. Everything's got to be zeros. The one to ten. How's your head feel today? Do you feel stuffy? Um, did you have trouble sleeping? What about the light? How's the light feel in your eyes? It all has to be zeros. A hawk, you know what I'm talking about. Pat, I don't know if you've ever been hit, but you, hawk, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have been, and I've also have knocked you? some motherfuckers out. Yeah, 25 tackles, by the way, in my career. I learned the other day. Yeah, 25. That's incredible. That's that's uh, 12, seven more than Will Compton had this year. So that's unbelievable. <laughs> the line, he's a linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, but but Will force fumble. Yeah, 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 he did. Damn yeah. right. Yeah, you got highlights. The, yeah, you're damn right. He was. He's a hero. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think Pat will play. I think it, you'd have to like the guy's going to do whatever he can to play. Right, going back to back AFC championships. I think it's the first time since Philly did it when Andy Reid was head coach of them as well. So it's like pretty unbelievable stuff that they're they're headed towards. And I can't see a way that Pat doesn't play. I hope for his safety, he does whatever's best for him. I think if Pat plays, game's over. No offense to Bills Mafia. I've tangled with them one too many times. They're the most unbelievable fan base. And I would absolutely hate mm-hmm. to catch any heat from that. But Pat's on top of his game right now. And uh, it's it's hard to bet against him. And I'm taking Tom Brady and the Bucks, even though I don't know if that's a winning bet. Hey, so going back to this Andre Branch situation, <laughs> you see you got, got blindsided. <laughs> you were blindsided. Were you out cold on the field but not concussed? I mean, that's an impressive move. The buddy, I took a nap, dude. I was out there. I got up. I got up, and I'm like, I'm looking around, and all my teammates are like fighting, like they're all like kind of getting. Which you know, you look back and you're like, hey, I appreciate the boys. And I'm like, who are we fighting? What's going on? And you know, Evil Will's right there, and was like, hey, you, you got knocked out. Your everything's fine. <laughs> like, I, like I said, everything goes back to Will. Was like, hey, you got knocked out. Everything's you're gonna be fine. And I'm like, I got, and I just start cr- just bawling, crying. So and like Ben Jones, our center, t- comes and takes a towel and puts it over my head. He kind of just directs me to the locker room, and that and that was the end of that. But Andre, you know, why'd you cry? Was, why'd you cry? Yeah, Pat, I don't know what the brain how it works. <laughs> if you hit a certain way, the part that has your feelings, you wake up and tears come out. I went home and I started crying to my wife. I'm like, she's like, "How do you feel?" I was like, "Well, I feel good," and I just think that, and I just started crying again. So, but I'm, you know. Concussion or not, I am. I do like to cheer up. Uh, I put a good movie on, you know, Warrior, uh, Titanic, oh, yeah. any of those types of things. I'm out. The tears start flowing. So, uh, but Andre Branch starts walking back to his bench, and uh, they have a, you know, yelling body bag and all this different oh. stuff, which I love it. I, I think it's unbelievable because I, I'm into petty. I can't double. I can't not double down on petty. So, um, good for him. He got me. Let's talk about a little petty and awesome. Um, from an outsider's perspective, obviously not an insider's perspective, but I thought, first of all, you guys going on Raven Shield, Harbaugh, Vrabel having that situation, becoming an entire thing. I love, like, I, I love that type of stuff. Okay, I absolutely love it. I assume there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that's not in football. I love it. Like, that's, and then Marcus Peters, by the way, remembering immediately upon, and not forgetting. Like, I think that is something that I was so impressed with on the outside. It's like, oh, here's a little payback. And I heard you and Will talk about it in a clip from Bustin' with the Boys about Will saying, I'll just put all the Jordan cry faces on there as soon as they lose or whatever. And by the way, he did immediately <laughs> upon it happening, and it did very well or whatever. But what were your thoughts while watching that whole thing? I enjoy it. I don't know how you guys were handling it internally or via group text messages or anything like that. 
Yeah, so basically what happens for the last, I'd say, four or five years, the Tennessee Titans, when we go in an away game or even go in a home game, we go to the middle of the field, we break it down, right? It's us against them type of mentality, the whole rah-rah thing, right? Insert Denzel Washington, remember the Titans bullshit speech, that whole thing. Like, that is our, that's our shit. So we that's go, we've shit. done it, we did against the Patriots, we played them a divisional game, we did in the, or the wild card game, and the Ravens game, last year we did it. So sure enough, we do it this year. I wasn't there. I was at home eating popcorn, watching the boys donkey. And um, I loved it. I, yeah, I'm like you, Pat. I'm all about the petty. I think it's unbelievable. And I said it on a podcast by myself because COVID rules and Will couldn't be with me. It was during the season. There was going to be a time because because Harbaugh got so butthurt about the situation, oh, right? Yeah. Like, why don't you have some respect? And Vrabel just big dicking him the whole time, not even looking at him, saying, go coach. Go coach, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Whisk him away, like <laughs> treats him like a little, like a dirty schoolgirl. And um, we we win the game, and Jesus. they're super upset about it. And I said a week later on Busting with the Boys, I said, "There's going to be a time when the Ravens get us again, and it's going to be all right. It's just going to happen, and we're going to live our lives the way we do, and then we'll eventually we'll be able to be petty again someday." So I turn on the Ravens Bills game, and once you know it, the heart starts it starts just beating because I know. That napalm's about to go off on Twitter. And I know that WW3 is about to take over, Pat. Okay? Yep. So I sit there and I just halfway through the game put, cannot wait for Will's uh, tweet at the end of this game. And I just lay it down, knowing that there's a massacre going on my timeline. <laughs> just an absolute massacre. And then Will posts, can't wait to, uh, out of respect for the Ravens, I'll wait till the clock hits zeros. And right. so you know, it's just, there's fuming at the mouth for all Baltimore Ravens fans. Sure enough, Will puts the cry, cry, the crying emojis, crying Jordan emojis on these guys. And Napalm, absolute Napalm, went off all over Ravens fans. Then the Bills Mafia got involved. Oh. And you know how they roll deep. I've already said it once. I'll double down. They roll deep. <laughs> hey, they're petty too. Hey, they are yeah, petty. As petty as they come. And, yeah. and you love it. Love it. And Titans fans are ganging up with the Bills fans. It's like, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a civil war. It's unbelievable. And so the Ravens, I mean, they're mad. Here's the deal. It's gonna, we're going to play them again someday. And it's going to get petty again. And I loved that they didn't even shake our hands after the game. I wasn't there. But when they beat us, they didn't shake it. They're like, no, 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 we're out of here. We're not shaking hands. I love it. And I think they're all good guys. I love Lamar Jackson. I think Marcus Peters is an unbelievable corner. Yannick and Dockway played for the Jaguars for a long time. I played against him a lot. Clayus Campbell's there. They have so many studs. Judon, so many studs there. And I love them. And I think they're all awesome guys. I'd love to have them all on the podcast. But I love the pettiness. I just, I hope it continues for not only for. The team's sake, like getting juiced up before the games, but for the fans' sake, going to the game thinking that we care actually way more than we actually do care. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it does showcase that there is, you know, loyalty and like real passion for the teams, which is what I appreciate, which is a, a quick way to um, debate somebody that is old school that doesn't like it, just saying, oh, so you don't want your players to care at all about the team that they're playing for? No, I didn't say that. They just have to do it in a classy way. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's a little bit, can't really have it both ways in that entire fashion. It's a, uh, I like it. I think it's good. You can't have them on the show, though. You I, Like, I busting with the boys, obviously those episodes with the Ravens would be massive, but I think that kind of kills kayfabe, doesn't it? I mean, it kind of it kills the pettiness, don't you think? Yeah, but I'm all about clicks, Pat. So don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get them damn clips of clicks. I need to get them. You Got know it. what I'm saying? We're all selling out out here, dude. I'll be, hey, I'll be anything you need for a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Anything you want from me. What's that sign? Yeah, exactly. What's that thing from uh, Beer Fest? 
one dollar to look at it, two dollars to touch it, three dollars to watch me touch it. Like that's that's my my motto. I'm living by at this point. Hey, shout out to you, dude. What do you got, Connor? Taylor, you mentioned being a Michigan man. Obviously, Brady, you, Charles Woodson, maybe on that list. Uh, why the fuck did the Michigan Wolverines extend Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> I'm never gonna be allowed back there again. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's uh, I just don't know what to say. I, I, I give him another year, extend the boy, mm-hmm. and if they develop guys, he, I've said this on Busting with the Boys podcast. It's crazy how to double down, but um, Michigan State gets two and three star guys, and they develop these cats, and the guys like Jack Conklin's who walk on become yeah, top ten picks. Great. They have they they do a great nice. job of developing guys. Michigan gets four and five star guys, and I don't know if it's because. They think they're they're great because I I, there was, I came with a bunch of five star guys, and they thought they were the top shit. Right? I don't know if it's a developmental issue. They have the best facilities. It's unbelievable. They have the history. They have the richness, the tradition. One hundred fifteen fans, biggest. You know, the town lives for the football team. I don't know how you don't you're not like a a top ten school every single year, and so you know. I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid when I was there. I was, you know, I hated Ohio State. I hated Notre Dame. I hated Michigan State. Now it's like, do what you want. I don't I can, I could care less. I, I kind of just moved on from that situation. I know people hate it. People are so mad at me right now for saying that. But I kind of just move on from stuff, right? And then that's why this whole Ravens thing, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's going to end. And then I'll be fine. And then life will just be the way it is. Yeah. By know? the way, chapters, bub. Hey, fun chapter. Every once in a while, I'll take a peek back in the book. Oh, that was fun. That was awesome. Let's go ahead and change that. Let's keep it moving or whatever. The interesting thing, though, about Harbaugh up there getting extended, it seems like nobody thought that was coming. And then he takes a pay cut and then the whole thing. And I've been to Ann Arbor. I've talked about this before. That place is gorgeous, dude. It is absolutely beautiful up there. What do you got? Taylor, did you watch the uh, A.J. Brown video last night? Uh, Good question. No, I talked to AJ uh, regularly. Um, But he, I saw, I was texting with him and, and Will. Everything comes back to Will. Um, how he like said he was out for the season or something like that. Yeah, he said like he should have been, been out. Should have been out. He got two surgeries yeah. on both his knees. Week two, went on to make the Pro Bowl or whatever. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Keep him moving. Yeah, I love it. Vrabel has a very strong stance on media. When you're talking to the media, you don't talk about other guys' injuries ever. Hmm. But um, I'd say it was a big fat lie what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I only played five games. I only played five games, and I think I only played two of them with him. So, uh, you know, hey, he's a warrior. You know, the guy chews glass. He's He wakes up every day and thinks about what can he do for the team. Most selfless guy I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Of course, dude. He was. There was a point, I think he had gangrene, and they had to amputate. They said, hey, we're going to have to take the knee. We're going to have to take from the knee down. We're going to have to take it. And AJ looked at him. He spit on the doctor. I remember this. He spit on the doctor's face and he said, I'm playing for my team. God damn it. And, hey, and he did it. He so did. Shout out to AJ Brown. AJ. AJ. You want guys like that on your team. Hey, Taylor, you want guys like that on your team. Need guys like that. I, AJ, I, I tore my ACL and AJ walked up to me while I was on the field. He goes, is it your knee? I go, yeah. And he spit on He goes, pathetic. And walked away. <laughs> That's how tough AJ, AJ Brown is. Hey, by the way, somebody clipped uh, you getting knocked out or whatever. It is very far away from the play. How I, funny is it, dude? I literally, I was, so back to that real quick. Because I feel like every time you guys have me on the show, we were on here for 30 minutes. So you're welcome. But um, <laughs> Thank you. By the way, this is, this is a rather shitty what Wednesday. 
<laughs> I'm asleep. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely taking a nap in that picture. So that was the longest game in NFL history. There's a bunch of storms going on. So every like 25 minutes, they shut down the game. Oh, I and remember so that. We were coming out. It was just after half or just before. No, it was just after half. I got knocked out. And we went in for another rain delay or whatever. And I kind of walked outside, outside the locker room into the into like the open area. And there's a bunch of fans. And they're just giving it to me, dude. And I look up at them and I start kind of saying something back to them. And then I just start bawling, crying again. Just start <laughs> losing it, crying. And Delaney Walker puts his arm around me. Is like kind of like he's like really embarrassed for me and kind of just takes me away. That was that was a bit of a situation. Well, I, I, a lot of, like, like I said, a lot of crying, a lot Will, of crying, a lot of like it's like I watched The Notebook on on repeat. And also Warrior and Titanic. <laughs> both great movies as well <laughs> <laughs> will compton was the one that tweeted that picture out by the way he just wanted to make sure everybody knew just you know he was kind of helping the story just so everybody knew yeah. exactly what uh taylor i appreciate you joining us man you're awesome you start some you shit today though. You me on. hey Thank you, you so start much. hey you start some shit today i think there's gonna be some conversations about what you said on here today but let's just let's just do this real quick, right? Like I said some things, words came out of my mouth, but what does it mean? Nothing. Right? Like everything I said, it doesn't mean anything, right? The Ravens beat us, you know. Harbaugh got extended, and uh, I got knocked out. Like that's bam. Now it's over. Watch Blessing with the Boys. And if AJ doesn't clap for me next time, I'm gonna hang up and I'll never come on the show. Again. No, no, no. Don't do no, that. No, I'll come on for sure. I'm wait. I, I tell you what. I need the clicks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Lewan. Thank you, Taylor. So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that Burrow offers the easiest, most convenient way to get a comfortable new sofa delivered right to your door. And it's not just sofas, Ty. Really? Yeah, all Burrow furniture is thoughtfully designed for function and practicality and designed to go perfectly together. It's foolproof furniture, high quality, stylish, and built to make your life easier. That's perfect. Yeah, it's practical and adaptable. Assemble a burrow sofa by yourself without any tools or help in just minutes. Minutes? Minutes. Add seats or rearrange them from love seat to sofa to sectional and even back. Wow. Wow. Uh, it's built for real life. It includes thoughtful features like a built-in USB charger. Huge. Need that. Mm-hmm. Need that. It's made from durable materials that resist stains and scratches. Their durable fabric options now include performance velvet. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Customize everything to create your dream sofa. Choose the color, fabric, arm style, leg style, size, and shape of your seating. Attach the chaise lounge addition to any seat or go with a floating ottoman. Whatever tickles your fancy. There's more than sofa, uh, sofas. Burrow also offers clever storage-focused coffee tables, modular, easy-to-hang wall shelves, credenzas, and benches. Those credenzas. I've been looking for a new credenza. Renters can build it with no tools, and it's easy to move wherever you want to go. If you have a commitment phobe, no big deal. They change styles, assemble, move, rearrange. If you have a walk-up, if you live in a walk, no carrying a full couch up and down the stairs. Pets and families, no big deal. It's scratch and stain resistant. Anyone who wants stylish quality furniture but doesn't know where to start needs to go to Burrow. Go to Burrow. Right now, you can save an extra $75 off your purchase by going to Burrow.com slash McAfee. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E for $75 off that's a hell of a deal that's a hell of a deal back to the show so joining us now is a college football national champion a super bowl champion and a man whose thoughts i can't wait to hear about a couple you know pretty massive conversation pieces we've had on today's show ladies and gentlemen aj hawk hey! 
AJ. AJ. Hey, before you begin, I am not going to jump in on a conversation that to question whether Phil Rivers. Yes! Yes! I'm just telling you, no, I can't. It's like arguing the goat thing. Why? What? Who votes on it? What's the criteria? Do they each have different criteria? I, I just need. There's well, a lot George of questions. Bus, I have. So. Okay, so your answer is the same exact answer as mine, I believe. What doesn't yours? sound like it? Which is like. <laughs> At this point, I think the Hall of Fame is the NFL, whoever votes. I think it's media people uh, who vote on it. I'm not sure the entire process, as do you, as don't you, obviously. But I don't think anybody does. Do, do any of us know? Is everybody's vote worth one? Is there more that are worth? I don't know. That's a very interesting thing. But for me, I think it's just kind of like you represent what the NFL, like 17 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL, I feel like that is something that should be, you know, just – you know, celebrated, I think, in my eyes. But I guess there's a lot of people that are like, no, 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 not my Hall of Fame. In my Mm. Hall of Fame, you need to win, okay? You need to win to get into my Hall of Fame. And if not, you don't deserve to even be talked about in the history of the sport, actually, now that we think about it. Just go on and get the hell out of here. There's people that really feel that way about Phil Rivers in specific. So I think it is an interesting conversation. Like, what is the standard? Is it a representative of the league? Is it like you're the great? It's very weird. It's a very weird thing. Well, there's so many things like, do you say, is it Super Bowls like Eli? There's always a question about Eli. We know he got two rings, but when they weren't getting rings, how was he? Now with Phil Rivers, like, do you value like long-term consistent success and being a very durable and a leader and all of the intangibles and all of that stuff? Like, do you value that more? Does that like Trump Super Bowl rings for anybody? Like, that's the thing. There's so many questions like that's I'm like, I don't even care to jump in. Yeah. And by the way, I didn't think we were going to really jump in that deep. And then it was 54 <laughs> straight minutes in the first round. It was because once you start thinking about all the different thoughts, because they're changing rules. Okay. So yards are about to be different. Points are about to be different. They're adding games. I mean, there's, there's. Record, don't you think like records don't matter? Like I know they're, they're, I think they put up like Drew Brees and Tom Brady's numbers and everything. And they're talking about, oh, they have this record and that record. Like we know when the quarterback position and how offenses have evolved. Like numbers, like the records are gonna be broken. It's a different game. Like it just how how it's played is so different. I feel like those like the record things. Like when people worry about that, I don't I don't ever see a reason in that. And how are you gonna compare people from two different eras? You can't. You're not gonna be able to. It's gonna be impossible because situations are, are situational. situational. I mean, that is just. What does that mean? That means like situations. <laughs> yeah, they change. Are situational. Like that's what they are, dude. It's pretty self-explanatory now that I think about Jeez. it. Just, look, just look, open look. your ears. It is what it is. Hey. <laughs> no. hey. Kind of. It is what it is, dude. It is. You're 100% right. Yeah. They are who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. Yep. It ain't what it ain't. Well, what did you think but they were? It is what it I'm is. Sure. <laughs> What's that, bud? Sorry said, about well, that. What did, you, what did you think they were? I'm not sure what I thought they were. <laughs> I'm not sure. Connor kept, I kept stepping on me anyway. I couldn't hear. And I couldn't hear. <laughs> me? Me? So you think he's going in? I think he's going into the Hall of Fame, by the way. I think he's in. I think he'll go in. I think so, too. All right, cool. So that's the only conversation that matters. Just want to let everybody <laughs> that potentially is very against it. People are livid, AJ. I, I appreciate a lot more right now than I think I ever have about how much people, you know, the high regard that people hold for that goddamn Hall of Fame. They're like, no, no, no. Not in my Hall of Fame. And I appreciate that. I respect that a lot. But I think everybody that's ever played alongside or against Phil is like, 
uh, as as players in the NFL and guys that have been here, we think he should probably. I think I don't think you're hearing a lot of people that have played in the NFL go, nah, nah, Phil doesn't deserve. It. I think everybody is actually like, yeah, this guy was awesome in the whole thing. Good representative of the league, Dad Gummit. That's right. Do you think uh, he is going to go get a TV gig? Like, if he wants it, we know it's there. Like, do you think he chooses that? He said he's going to put a ball cap on and put a whistle on his uh, uh, or put a whistle on and go coach down in Alabama. He already signed a contract down there. Remember that already happened. And he said what I he said in numerous interviews. He said I'm going to go down and I'm going to coach or whatever whenever I'm done. And then it started getting leaking that oh network executives view Philip Rivers as the next Tony Romo. What if they offered ten million dollars to Philip Rivers to call games, which could happen by the way. And all signs point to Philip Rivers. He should be very good on television. Very FCC friendly, hilarious in the way that he speaks without swearing, relatable, and he knows the game pretty well. All signs that hey, if Philip Rivers says you know what, go ahead and keep that ten million. I'm going to go down here and I'm going to coach football. I'm going to get back to the game. Hit! You know what I mean? Like that. I would be so impressed by that if he was able to do that. That, By the way, that would probably tell you everything that everybody's been saying about Phil. You know, it's like Phil just loves football. Like he just loves the game. Yeah, he does. But I, I could easily see him getting down there and all of a sudden whatever network comes at him, they give him, hey, we'll give you three years, 10 mil a year, 30 overall for the, the three years. Why don't you just come try it out? See if you like it. Get, you know, make an extra 30 mil. Then you can always go back and coach high school football. But people want to say, oh, he's made, you know, $300 million or whatever. Okay, yeah, he would love to have 30 more. Like, do you see is Warren Buffett just hanging out? <laughs> you know, that whistle. Imagine what you can get, $30 million whistle you can get. Yeah. Just the next three years, they should call and get, hey, just go ahead and do a victory lap too, by the way. Everybody's going to like you. You'll be in the Hall of Fame conversation even more. Then you go coach down there in the high school. Then you give back. Then you go ahead, the last five kids you have, they'll be in high school. Go ahead and coach them. Go ahead and do that whole thing. He could probably do both, couldn't he? I don't think so. Because travel, right? High school games, I don't know, Friday or Saturday? Oh, true, yeah. Friday, yeah. I would assume that, I, you know, the travel there. But Herb Street, I guess. Herb Street, right. Herb Street was going to all his kids' games on Friday nights and then doing game day. But game day, I guess. And then he was calling games at night. Yeah. Yep. So I would assume they'd be able to potentially figure that out. Maybe he is. Maybe he is doing both. That would be wild to retire and have more work. Yeah. A lot more work. <laughs> like you did. Yeah. Yep. But I didn't make $300 million. Like <laughs> 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 I did. I think he goes in. Hey, Deshaun Watson. AJ, I'm intrigued for your take on this. By the way, Taylor Luan will be joining us w- alongside his right-hand man in about 16 minutes, which is the tattoo that he has literally on his right hand. It's mm-hmm. a stick figure man, mm-hmm. which may be one of the most clever answers I've ever heard in a during an interview that worked out perfectly. Cannot wait to chat with him. Um, Deshaun Watson's been leaving cryptic clues about where he wants to go. Allegedly, he's in this video. I have not gotten a chance to listen to it. I don't know if anybody else has, but the quotes on the tweet of the video says Deshaun Watson alludes to something like Jet Green or something like that. And then he was uh, allegedly in a, a New York taxi. And then now these conversations are, are all popping off about him playing his last game in Houston. And then you got Schefter or somebody reporting uh, that the Jets are replacing. And Chris Mortensen's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not count out Miami. It feels like it's really like, hey, which team is going to go get Deshaun Watson right now? How do you feel about that, knowing that this is going to take like three first-rounders, four first-rounders, but is Cal McNair in, amen, Easter B, are they in Kissaria, are they going to be able to just get him out of there as a franchise quarterback? That, that, that It's a wild situation brewing down there in Houston. And Gator told us on a call earlier that this has been happening for a long time, brother, since Kubiak era. 
<laughs> That's what he told us. Well, it, we know like the longer the situation goes, it's not getting better. It, like what what could these guys do? What could Deshaun Watson in the front office do? I guess to show like, hey, things are all right. Are they going to sit down six feet apart at a press conference and say, hey, we're good to go? I'd have my arm around him if I could if this was pre-COVID. But you know what? We're good to go. We love each other. Is that like what? How can they come back from this? I don't know. Texans fans are very. I mean, Texans fans will probably be. I mean, would be pumped, I'd assume, if Deshaun Watson stays, but maybe they'll buy into the press conference that has to happen, and we'll have to have them about them doing it. But everybody outside, as soon as one thing goes wrong, they're going to be like, well, hey, remember, you just remember, he was in a taxi cab, he was wearing jet green, he went out of there just, what, one year after signing a $150 million deal or whatever, I'm t- and he has a jet green hat on, oh, by yeah. the way, yeah. and he's in a New York taxi. He had a hoodie on from some other team the other day, I think, or something like that. Yeah, this has been interesting to watch. I mean, this is drama. This is controversy. This is, are the Houston Texans fucked forever? I mean, that is, who's going to want to go there, AJ? Who's going to want to go down there? But don't, I would, I'd be curious to see like what diehard Texans fans Gator. think about it. I would assume that Texans fans are like, we, we really want Deshaun here, but we completely understand why he wants out. It seems like it's, there's too much going on. We want, like, they probably like, hey, go do what's best for you. You can go to another team. We'll be okay with it. It's just like how the Lions fans feel about Stafford. Yeah. They, hey, yeah. Motor City, Dan Campbell, what's that? The that? internet love, like the internet, Houston fans love Deshaun Watson. They hate Jack Easterby. They love Deshaun Watson. They, they had a march for him the other day. Do, do, for Deshaun? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I would love Deshaun too, by the way, for all the quarterbacks they had before Deshaun. Yeah. I, I would absolutely love But do they know that Jack Easterby <laughs> – and the Lord? Close guys. Close friends. Do they know that? Hey, how do you feel about that? He was a chaplain at one point. He was yes. a chaplain. And he goes. Yes, I know. That's, that's why. I knew of him as a, like a, a team chaplain slash pastor. And then it's when I saw he was moving to the front office, I was like, man, that's a weird jump up in, in what you're doing. I don't know how that works. But going back to you were mentioning something the other day about Jack Easterby and Cal McNair. Why did you say you said? Oh, if he comes into my office, gets gets on his knees in front of me, and starts praying. Like, have you ever been in a room when a male or or a female walks into right in front of your room, right in front of you, gets on their knees and prays? No, but I've never been in a room with a chaplain long enough. No, yeah. I assume that's how, that's kind of how chaplains do it. If you want to prove that you should be the man of God for your rep- for your organization, I think as soon as you get in there, you start proving. It. Look at this shit. Look at this conversation I'm about to have right here. I, it, that's that's all I'm saying. Maybe that's what happened, but it does feel as if those two, you know, have a really good relationship. That is a on a spiritual level. That is the story that is being cooked up uh, from a lot of places. But I mean, I guess in the chaplain business, that has to be one of the biggest jumps in a long time. Right? Oh yeah, taking the chaplain all the way to the top. Meteoric mm-hmm. Christ. I think so, right? Because you the chaplain normally takes visits up there, I'd assume, and then kind of goes. You know, out there, but just to take the entire entire role and just hop that thing right up to the top desk. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. Powerful that, snake oil. That probably is what happened. He went in, genuflected, started praying in front of Cal McNair, and Cal McNair was like, my God, that's Jesus Christ's right-hand man. <laughs> Cal McNair's like, you know what we need to win games down here in this fucking organization? Jesus Christ's right-hand man. Yeah. Jesus moves the needle in Texas. Well, not in Houston. That's, what we were, that's literally how this whole conversation but- just started. Jack Eastbury's not like that. No. Not in Houston. With, with wealthy human beings. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, I'm happy that that was the – that was like, what, number 15 of the what run, by the way? Oh, that, yeah. That's where you pulled that one from? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, respect. So you were just pumped to see how my brain got to that in the middle of those what runs that the the office has. You know, Stone Cold created it, but I'll tell you what, I, I do feel like this office has potentially gone full CPR on that thing. Yeah. I mean, it hits every single time in the office. Spread the word. And at least for Houston, they're getting the prince that was promised right back, Sam Darnold, to save their organization. And three number ones, probably. How about that? They'll be fine. Here you go. Devontae Smith probably comes down, Do you, do you even need Sam Darnold, though, if you have, what, the number two pick, right? Mm. Right into what the Jets got? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they won their way out of number one. Yep. They have the number two now. Smart. So do you want Sam Darnold or do you just want the number two pick and more picks? That is an interesting thing. If you're Casario, do you like who? Whoever's going to be Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mm -hmm. Mac Jones. How about Trey Lance? Mm -hmm. Uh Look out. What if Trey Lance shoots up the draft boards? What do you think, AJ? Would you, if you're making this deal, let's say this happens, which by the way, this would be wild if this happened. I, I think... Although all the media outlets are saying this is uh, definitely going to happen. Something's going to happen with them. This would be crazy. If you're the Texans and Chris Casario, what are you thinking there? I mean, that's an interesting uh, scenario that Daniel Jeremiah came up with. I guess if you have multiple first-round picks and you can make it happen and you don't think you can make Sam Darnold your guy, yeah, maybe it's worth a shot. Do you think Houston? You think Houston, you think they draft young quarterback, then they would have to, what, cut J.J. Watt. They'd save $17 million there. Uh-huh. You get rid of, what, $36 million or whatever, Deshaun Watson. And you're just trying to rebuild that entire thing with a completely different look? Like, hey, we need to, we need to freshen this place up. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to take the pictures down. We need to repaint this place. <laughs> Is that what they're thinking, you think? Well, so Houston and Philly are the two head coaching jobs still available, right? Yeah. I mean – I don't know if I'd want to be a coach going in there when the, you know they're going to ship your franchise quarterback away and you're in a full-blown absolute rebuild. Like there's no question about it. It looks like a rebuild. Like that's a tough that's a tough spot for a head coach to come into. I want like a 12-year contract if I go there. <laughs> Motor City Dan just got a 6-year contract. I don't know. Have you ever met Motor City Dan Campbell? Do you know him? It seems like you two would be akin. <laughs> I, I have never met him. I don't know. Do you know what year he retired? I may have played against him. I've no, If you did, you would have known. Yeah, yeah, you felt it. <laughs> I, think you I think you would have known. Oh, hey, Pat, you know somebody who uh, who uh, I was like starstruck playing against and also scared was Foxy will know him. Old Detroit uh, Schlesinger. Oh, my God. Remember an absolute that? legend. Is that a fullback? You yes. don't know him, Fox. Come He's on. a fullback? Slash H back a little bit. Yeah, he was just absolute bruiser, scary human being. That was a monster. He was robot. so awesome. Hey, we talked to Patrick Ricard in the first hour, fullback. He was he was talking about how you guys just basically did it. He did an Oklahoma drill every single time he was on the field. He Full speed, running into somebody. There's a collision somewhere. And he talked about the linebackers all being one size. He's six foot three, two hundred ninety-five pounds. If you're a linebacker that has to run into that, is there? What do you have to do? You just have to like, okay, today I just got to hope not to get a concussion. Let's just go ahead and get in there. Like, what is the thought? Because you have to square those up too, right? Because you're fit. Like, you have to take that hit every time. Absolutely, you got to square them up as much as you can and try to force it. Which, whether you're trying to force it outside or force it inside, depending on where your help is. But yeah, like uh, San Francisco did that every once in a while. They'd put a monster, like three hundred pound D lineman in that could move. And every time, like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, a stalemate is a win for a guy that's 230 pounds going against a D lineman that's coming downhill at you. But, yeah, it's not fun. I, I think more teams should should do that. When you have, like, a, a guy like that that can move and he's an absolute giant, 
It can it can wear on you, I think. So you have to have that. You told us whenever Oklahoma drills happened, whenever you were younger, uh, you didn't want to do them. He said, "No." Nope. But if the only way to survive here is by killing everybody, I'm going to have to kill everybody. Then is that how what you said? I mean, that's like a. I was usually mad at the coaches for doing it. So I, like you would take your anger out on the coaches on the other players, your teammates. But anyways, <laughs> so but you have to. That's the drill. The drill calls for it. Whenever you see, and it's a goal line situation, by the way, which means they probably had a pretty good drive here to get to this situation. And you're standing there, probably gassed, listening for the goddamn call. There's probably only a couple goal line or whatever. And then you see a D lineman trotting out there. You just like motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we got to kill everybody here. Like do you just is that the mindset you have to have? Like how do you just flipped the switch there well yeah the, the mindset there would be either a lot of times if you're on the goal line they're coming in you try to get a little bit deeper so you can have a big running head start Bob, Bob, okay. <laughs> yeah you either do that but if it's a d lineman i may not want that much space i may get right up in the line and try to try to take him before he gets a full head of steam oh, a lot of strategy going on in there i'm happy i didn't have to do any of that i was just running with my eyes closed totally. <laughs> running into him what do you got this? dan campbell retired in 2009 that was after 2009? In 2009, he retired. AJ asked him when he retired to see if he played against him. Yeah, so that was my rookie year. Where did he retire from? Uh, so he was with the Lions, and then he retired with the Saints. Did he win a Super Bowl? I believe he was on the 0-16 Lions team. Someone said, I thought. What are you trying to bury Motor City Dan for? He was. He might have been on a Super Bowl champion Saints team, But that means he knows grit. He does know grit. And he knows the... He's been at the outhouse, yes. and he's been in the penthouse. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Motor City Dan Campbell. He truly knows what it's like to be a lion. He does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not really because yeah. he's been <laughs> to the penthouse. To the penthouse. <laughs> but he's also been to the outhouse. Yeah, yeah, he has been there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. What's that, Nick? I just had a quick question for AJ. I was wondering, AJ, how many sleepless nights did you have knowing you had to go up against Jim Klein Saucer? <laughs> oh, he's another one of those guys that you're like starstruck playing against him. He is like a, a throwback <laughs> Just Viking of a human, and he played for him too. But yeah, Klein Saucer, another just a, an amazing, like a perfect name for that guy for what he does. Okay, so he, you claim with a very straight face, and I think genuine, like you feel as if you're being complete. You've said you've never had a concussion in your life. Think about the football he was playing up there in the NFC North against the names we oh, Klein Heisen. What was the guy's name? Jimmy Klein Saucer. Klein Saucer? Yeah. And then what was the guy from Detroit? Sloshinger. Sloshinger. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you must have the greatest cranium of all time. Yeah. We should be studying your cranium whenever you pass, I think. No, I tried to – you try to throw a shoulder in there first. You don't want to go head-to-head as, as, as little as you can with those guys because their head is much harder than mine. You go against Dan Cryer? Uh, I think so, yeah. Super Bowl. He doesn't even know. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't remember. Numbers. Yeah. I know numbers. What's the number? 35. 35. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today. Good conversations. Yeah, very good conversations. It worked. Taylor Lewan is hilarious. Lightning rod. I mean, he, I assume there was some shit stirred. <laughs> Probably. Due to the things that he said, mm-hmm. the internet probably was a little bit abuzz. Charles Woodson already wants already a word responding. with him. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Ricard, that was a deep convo. Yeah. Deep dive. Never know what to expect with those guys, but they're always, you know, it, you always come out of it really pulling for them. I'm trying to dominate another man. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, anyways, thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Another show. 
going into championship weekend. Let's go. Hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell, hell, Dad Gummit. Big Phil Rivers. Yeah. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. Cheers.